Feeling young and even acting like a kid every now and then is good for our health and well-being? I do believe that, but the young they're talking about, just so we can clarify that, means the joy of imagination doesn't mean go be a jagoff. <laughs> and I will tell you that I do believe this to be true because my father is, uh, he might be cresting mentally, maybe maybe 17 or 18. Like my dad, I remember we got him uh, uh, a PlayStation 3 when it was out, or a PlayStation 2, one of the two. <laughs> and he really loved the game 24. They got a game where you can be Jack Bauer, so I got him the game. <laughs> I called him one afternoon after he got it, and I go, hey man, how's it going? He goes, Bill, I can't talk right now. I am in the middle of a hostage Negotiation. <laughs> and then he hung up. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's six minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast, and it's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Mostly cloudy in a mild afternoon. There could be a stray shower, but most of the day dry. High temperature 46. Areas of fog tonight 42, and then partly sunny Thursday. Rain should hold off till evening, high of 58 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 23 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. At least 13 people are dead from California mudslides. Heavy rain set off flooding and mudslides Tuesday in the area hit so hard by the Thomas fire. Helicopter crews rescued 50 people and ground crews made dozens more rescues, including a 14-year-old girl who was buried under a house swept away by floodwaters. Emergency officials say massive runoff sent mud and debris slamming into homes, knocking many off their foundations. Vice President Mike Pence will head up the U.S. delegation to the Winter Olympics in South Korea next month. He'll likely be joined by his wife, Karen Pence, and the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump. The games are set for February 9th through the 25th in Pyeongchang. Recent talks between North and South Korea have cleared the way for North Korean athletes to participate, but the State Department says there are no plans for U.S. and North Korean officials to meet during the games. At the opening ceremony, there's just going to be a bunch of missiles dressed up as athletes. Ugh. Dun, 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 dun. I think South Korea is finally wising up and they're like, hey, North Korea, you want to join up so we both don't blow up in about three months? <laughs> right. <laughs> Pence is like, where are the swimmers? <laughs> um, they don't have them in this limb. I was told ice, there'd be ice swimming. Swimmers? No. No, I didn't want to see them. No. Uh, no, it's good. No, it's fine. Uh, you wanted to see them. I'm going to start lobbying for men's gymnastics in the Winter Olympics. It's an indoor sport. A two-toed baby sloth is slowly getting ready for visitors. Pittsburgh National Aviary introduced three-month-old Vivin to the public yesterday, starting in February. Visitors will be able to book time to spend with the sloth up close. The aviary already is home to two other sloths, Valentino and Wookie. But... <laughs> I just think a sloth got really the short straw in terms of evolutionary functions. Oh. Oh, like so a chameleon's cute. like, hey, what, look, look what I got. Like I can change colors to hide in my, my surroundings. And a cheetah's like, oh, I'm really fast. What do you do, sloth? It's like, I am incredibly slow. <laughs> I am food. I, You're I, welcome. How are they not extinct? Don't know. I saw them uh, when I went to Costa Rica. There, There's a you know bunch in the, like, in the, oh, wild. In the wild there. And they really just lay there. I mean, they don't do anything. They're like sitting in a tree, like <laughs> just basically with a sign that says hungry. Yep. <laughs> Hanging food right here. But I guess they just only live in places where they don't have many natural predators 
Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> there wouldn't right. be any left. They, on uh, Planet Earth 2, the second Planet Earth, they have um, uh, a sloth mating call, and they show a male sloth hearing a female sloth, and it is the most apathetic, like, all right, I guess I'll do this now. <laughs> like, totally just not interested By the time he gets there, she's not in the mood anymore. <laughs> Dude, they got to get there quicker. They are cute and everything. Oh, they're adorable. But they look like, I feel bad. They look like they have disease all the time. Because <laughs> they're just okay. like. <laughs> like they have horrible arthritis. Right. <laughs> Federal health officials say there is no clear link between romaine lettuce and that E. coli outbreak in the U.S. and Canada. So eat up. Senator uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there have been no new cases in a month. Nearly 60 people have contracted E. coli from that outbreak. The CDC cautions the outbreak may not be over. They're still trying to track down the source of the contamination. How happy are you? Isn't that your go-to lettuce? I know. I've been all for, although I ate it two times last week. When they were issuing the warnings, so I ate it once. I think I'm okay. What? I went. To, I went a different route after that. Went a little iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. Why does this never happen with carrots? <laughs> it's always tomatoes and dirty, dirty lettuce. Onions. Yeah. Green onions. That's what did Chi-Chi's in. Man, uh, I still can't believe that that did them in. There had. I don't know. Like Chipotle weathered the storm of a couple of things. Chi-Chi's, a couple dead people <laughs> yeah. all Down of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Chipotle killed anybody. Did well, it's like Ch- oh, all right. If I have to get diarrhea every once in a while for Chipotle, that's just the price of doing business. They're having a tough time right now. Chipotle's going through some. Their marketing has like literally their product has become synonymous with bowel issues. Yeah, they're they're really struggling. Which w- I thought they would bounce do you get, back. From do you that. ever go there and get the burrito bowel? It's uh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I didn't know it was pronounced like that. <laughs> yeah. There are certainly they better ways to kill a spider than trying to light it on fire, but I certainly understand the urge. A California man learned that lesson after causing $11,000 worth of damage to his apartment when he tried to use a torch lighter to kill a spider. Uh, the Reading <laughs> Record searchlight says the guy was successful in setting fire to the spider, but the spider crawled away and onto a mattress, which was quickly engulfed in flames. Are mattresses a little more fire retardant than that? We're supposed to I be. Mean, not the ones that are hay. <laughs> yeah. You, you can get European mattresses that don't have that stuff in there. Maybe that's what this was. Firefighters arrived in time to keep the fire from spreading to other apartments. Fortunately, nobody was hurt. Something tells me the guy that is flamethrowing a spider didn't shell out for the European mattress. <laughs> <laughs> a Louisiana couple is in trouble with the law for trying to rob an Uber driver. Uh, they had a unique way to try to rob them, but the guy but probably didn't think it the whole way through. The Harahan Police Department in Louisiana says Raina Filios called the driver last weekend, told him that he had driven her in the past and invited him over to her place. She's accused of answering the door topless before Anthony Kennedy popped into the picture and demanded money and pulled a knife. Officers say the victim was punched in the face but not seriously injured. Investigators got the call about an armed robbery and took Filios and Kennedy into custody. Good distraction, but he knows... Who you are and where you live. Right. <laughs> Never a good idea to rob someone who has all of your information. But that's the power of boobs. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, this seems kind of shady. Like, why would she want me to come over? All right. I'll go. Yeah. 
Patriots quarterback Tom Brady is giving fans a glimpse into his private life with a new docu-series called Tom vs. Time. Six-episode series will be available on the Facebook watch page and will show the challenges Brady faces in balancing his personal and professional life as he seeks a sixth Super Bowl championship. One of the focuses will be on Brady's family life, including supermodel wife Giselle Bündchen, their young kids, and his parents. Brady says he's thought for many years that it would be cool to show fans other aspects of his life. Release dates have not yet been announced. Unless Tom versus Time is a boxing match between Tom Brady and Morris Day, I'm not going to watch. <laughs> Tom vs. The Time. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Yeah. And then uh, it could be Tom versus The Edge. <laughs> Do a whole series. I like it. O.J. Simpson laid a big rumor to rest. <laughs> he did not father Khloe Kardashian. That's what he's saying anyway. So he's not the grandfather to the first child she's expecting in a few months. TMZ posted a video taken by paparazzi congratulating O.J. on his impending grandfatherhood, <laughs> which happened They're right such... in front of his 32-year-old oh. daughter, Sydney. They're such pigs. O.J. So laughed So is he. I mean, don't get me wrong. He deserves it. Said, quote, I don't think for me I have nothing to do with it. I would be proud, but trust me, I had nothing to do with it. For years, there's been speculation about Chloe because she looks so different from her sisters and is way taller than all the rest of the, the girls. Even the sisters have pondered the question on the series Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I would be proud to have impregnated my wife, who I murdered, her best friend. If I, I'd be very proud. I'd be proud of that. I'd be very proud of having <laughs> impregnated my dead wife's best friend well there's no <clears throat> there's no real way around that what are you gonna say like i'd be horrified <laughs> if she was my daughter i'd be disgusted i don't know if you're taking a look at her that might be an, an okay response yeah, I guess but i mean people people have been telling her that her whole life like i remember when serena and i were pretty much keeping up with the kardashians at the very <laughs> beginning that was a storyline mm -hmm. why do i look so different mom why am I 6'8"? <laughs> <laughs> Why can I dunk? They should. I just. I'm waiting for TMZ to roll up on Chewbacca at a, like the luggage carousel at LAX and be like, <laughs> "Hey, congratulations!" <laughs> they get Peter Mayhew as he's yeah. <laughs> being loaded into a horse trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Forecast today: cloudy. There will be a chance of rain. Temperatures in the mid 40s today. It's supposed to be 60 tomorrow. Okay, so it was five below Sunday morning. Real temperature. 60 tomorrow, highs in the teens on Sunday. <laughs> totally normal. I think that's funny. Get your Benadryl out. Does. Um, it's, it's, oh, no, it's 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 funny, but it's also scary. I think I'm with Bill. You shake. Wednesday. Jumping around too much. Speaking of funny and scary. <laughs> yes, it is Wednesday. And you're looking for Mr. Mr. Wednesday, and uh, Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year to you. Sorry about the uh, voice. I was a uh, gargling asphalt before I came <laughs> in here. So, so uh, do you have the flu, the cold? No, I got nothing. I've, nothing. I've had. We've talked about this. I've had the lingering, hanging on by a string, feel totally fine, except my throat. Congestion. Yeah, that's yep. it. I've had the same thing. The absolute worst. It just doesn't go away when it just hangs around forever like that. Can I take a poll in here? Who who here has a neti pot? 
I, I have one. You have I, one. I do not. Yeah. I don't have right. one. I've used one. I. This is a shout out to my wife. Thank you for staying with me after watching me use a neti pot. <laughs> there is no more vulnerable, oh disgusting God. thing that you can possibly do. That someone I, like I could be like taking a deuce, and it's not as bad as someone walking in on me using a neti pot. <laughs> There's just salt water streaming. Oh, oh it's the most disgusting it's thing. Nasty. I did it once. It's effective. I think it works. It's not bad, but then it also leads me to think about the like someone somewhere back in you know ancient times just thought I'm going to stick this teapot up my schnoz and see what I get out of it, <laughs> and then it just caught on. I uh, I really like uh, well, so I think when you go like swimming in the ocean, sometimes if you're like riding the waves and kind of crashing around, it'll the salt water will get into your sinuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it burns. And but. Like, you can just, like, put your head down, you know, like, afterwards, like, bend down, and it will drain out of your nose. And that's the only way I could think that somebody came up with the idea that slamming hey, salt water yeah. up your nose is a, is a relief of sinus symptoms. Oh, the ocean's like a cure-all. I agree with that. I, I wish, I feel like it, like, heals wounds and, you know. Isn't it, it supposed to be good for your skin, too? Oh, yeah. If you have any kind of acne or anything, you go in the ocean for a week, it's gone. The it, healing properties of salt. Really? Yeah. That's kind of amazing. But the neti I've just pot. been rubbing fries on my face. How's that going? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no zits. Terrible rash. <clears throat> and ne- a potato allergy. The neti pot is a really gross thing. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But in, And it doesn't, like, it gives you Who relief. Cares if it works. Yeah, but it gives you relief. It doesn't, like, stop. No. You have to do it again. It's like blowing your nose. See, that's why, I mean, I think, like, I'm a really a big believer in absolutely the harshest chemicals possible to put in your body. <laughs> but sometimes they work too effective. Like, I've used that Afrin before. Oh, oh. don't use that. You get addicted. You get addicted to yeah. it. The, that's but why not I switched over. Not other kinds? Other types. I think of Afrin, there's something in it. Like, my mom was addicted to it. Why, I was do you addicted get, do you to get it when like I was a high? kid. No, you get like a rebound. Yeah. It like inflames your, like it reduces swelling Stand initially, but then. An Afrin addiction. Is he comfortable with everyone knowing that? No, it was bad. We've talked about it on the air before. Oh, yeah. He got arrested with crates of it. Is that what he <laughs> yeah. meant when he said he was in AA? Yeah, Afrin. I didn't know. Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Here, no, I thought he was just an alcoholic. Happened, yeah. no, just... <laughs> so what happens is is your body just gets becomes dependent yes. on yeah. that chemical. Yeah, rebound. Uh, they do sell salt water, saline solution sprays that come in like a can yeah. that just shoot up your nose. And, they, and they are, it's really gross because it has basically a nose, like nostril applicator that comes with it. I have yeah. one of these things. Yeah. Try explaining that away to anybody. They're like, what's that? It's a thing I put in my nose. That's and then, my uh, nostril applicator. Yeah. That's my nostril condom. Well, <laughs> isn't that what they're all shaped like? Any kind of nose spray? Yeah. It goes I, up your nose? Yeah, but there's something about it being on a big can. <laughs> <laughs> like, when it's on that little bottle, kind of like, oh, it's a little... That's it. How big is this can we're talking about? Like we're talking a can like of a monster pounder? No, it's not like you have to hug it. And then, you know. Okay. Vicks is a good one. They they always say that when you get married, 
you know, the you really have to work to keep the fire alive mm-hmm. and everything like that. And I, I don't blame marriage, the institution of marriage itself. I blame the master bathroom. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have to do all of your nasty, disgusting things six feet away from when you where you sleep, that that's the ruiner. It's like you think my wife's looking at me and being like, he's such a hottie when she hears me like clipping my toenails like <laughs> three seconds away. I mean, it's disgusting. I, would, I, I wish you could go back to an outhouse. Moment. I would much rather go do all that stuff, you know, out in the yard or something like that. <laughs> I think it'd be better for everybody. Uh, I um, uh, then she could be like, I wonder if that hottie's out there clipping his toenails. Yeah, this place Can't I hear anything. I went to in uh, uh, over the break with my girlfriend was like one of those island places where like it's you really like have the island experience in the room, which was very cool. It, but it, it was wide open, so oh, it had an open awesome. wall. Open concept. But <laughs> the whole floor plan was, like, open. So there was the toilet and the shower just and out, the bed. Uh, unflanked? Were just out. Mm. No. Whoa. No, that's no good. That's... So when you had okay. to do, so it was like, can you go place. in the ocean for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> can you Tarzan out of here for a while? Because oh, that uh, papaya... Hit me wrong this morning. <laughs> That's why I watched The Big Sick the other day, and there's a scene in that movie where they just start dating, and she's spending the night. She's like, is that time you're open all night? I'm going to go get some coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with you. No, it's yeah. okay. I'm just going to go. I have to poop. Uh, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I know, me either. He went and waited. <laughs> uh, oh. But it was almost that bad. But my girlfriend was like, you know, it was even. It wasn't for me. I was like, well, you're stuck, you know. I don't care. I lived in a fraternity house at Penn State. Yeah. I, I pooped uh, in front of people. Uh, I'll do it again. But no, how is that? That's not romantic. Like, how? It, it, there's depends no depends on the fraternity. There's no. <laughs> it might be part of hazing. It might get real romantic. <laughs> Dueling toilets. Talk about performance anxiety. Oh, the, yeah. I mean, I see. Not conversely, I think like you waited till the ex, the the last possible second. It's on deck. So there wasn't. Yeah, you weren't picking up the New York Times. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be over here for a while. Like you had to go when your eyes were watering. Right. You're like, <laughs> All right. This is yeah. <laughs> White knuckle ride. Yeah, and you just you got in and out of there as quickly as possible. But yeah, no, it, the, the intimacy is kind of killed after that. I don't know. Did you have to like play sports where where everybody had to like I I got immune to that in wrestling like you had a shower with everybody everybody's getting a ringworm together like there was no <laughs> shame whatsoever you know in terms of bodily functions i think it's way it's just so different for guys than girls yeah guys are animals right i'm just gonna say that but i'll let you i think it's because guys <laughs> think their own bodies are funny so they other guys think their body like it's not like a sensitive thing it's just like uh you know like everyone's laughing at each other basically uh, they were laughing at me, Moles. I guess. I don't know. Mike Pursuta coming in. Uh, sports next. Steelers getting ready for the Jags. Coach Tomlin talked with the media yesterday. We have uh, the Tomlin translator for you a little bit later on this morning as well. Plus, uh, we've got uh, Merrill Hodge, big cat from uh, from PF, uh, from Pardon My Take on uh, Barstool Sports. Uh, big cat will be joining big us. Cat. And then Mark Madden, 945, who I'm sure will talk crap on Big Cat. No, no. Madden likes Big Cat. Oh, he, he, he likes Okay. He likes Big Cat and PFT. Those guys are hilarious. Both of those guys are hilarious. Uh, so we've got a packed house for you today. 
Uh, plus, uh, Steelers tickets and the whole package. Are, are we good to go on that? Did that? We fixed all the uh, snafus Back there. Back in action. Slack. Got the bugs out. Slack said he even tested it this morning. To make yeah, sure. everything, everything's working. Uh, Bryce and I beta tested it yesterday. There were some uh, snafus not in-house. Nothing I did. It was on the corporate end. It was end. on the corporate end. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Just for anybody who already took the test yesterday and it said that you got it wrong, but you actually got it right, we have all the answers and we can see everybody's responses. So if you've already taken the quiz, even if it, the computer said you got 11 out of 16, we know that you got 16 out of 16. Okay. So you're safe. Good. Good deal. Thanks, Slack. All right. Quick break. We're coming back. Mike Pursuta, Sports TV. 8%. Jeff Conkle with us on this Wednesday, as always, and Mike Pursuta now with your sports on DVE. Sports are brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. Mike Tomlin meeting the media yesterday, as he always does on Tuesdays in advance of Sunday's playoff game against Jacksonville at Heinz Field. And just in case there were any misconceptions about how the Jaguars go about their business, there shouldn't have been, but just in case there were, Mike Tomlin quickly cleared those up. I don't know that I was surprised by anything. I think that they, they have as clearly a defined mode of operation as anyone in this field in terms of how they play. Um, they run the ball. They control the clock. They possess the ball. They have corresponding play-action passes and so forth. They, they play formidable defense. They create turnovers with their defense, and that's how games unfold for them, and that's how they've unfolded for them. Yeah, that's the way it worked out in October. That's uh, the way it's been working out since. For Jacksonville, and if things go the Jaguars' way Sunday, that's how it'll play out at Heinz Field. Tomlin, uh, likewise, not concerned about Ben Roethlisberger doing anything uh, that might be perceived as trying to make amends for the five interceptions he got charged with in that 30-9 to loss the Steelers suffered at the hands of the Jags back in October. Not at all. Ben's um, played ball a long time, man. He, this is not his first rodeo. His attention will be properly focused on winning, winning the game, not responding to, you know, some regular season October performance. He's just been in too many stadiums for that. Good to hear. True. Yeah. That's uh, that's one thing that can go wrong Sunday. Is uh, Ben pushing, trying to do too much? And you might remember that last game. Uh, Antonio Brown caught ten passes, but they targeted him nineteen times. And that was in the wake of the kicking the water cooler over in Baltimore and the meltdown. He wanted the ball more, so they forced it to him. And yeah, he caught ten, but a lot of a couple of them got picked off, and a couple mm-hmm. of them got returned for touchdowns. It didn't work out so well. I think the Jaguars won the last uh, AB versus Jacksonville matchup. Uh, the idea isn't to win that this time; it's to win the game. And I think that's best served by handing off to Le'Veon Bell. More about that in a minute. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Uh, as we've uh, pointed out, has uh, a firm grasp of Jacksonville and the task at hand. But uh, the Steelers' approach, he emphasized yesterday, is going to be about uh, doing what they want to do as well as they can do it. The big thing for us, um, with all due respect to Jacksonville, it's not about who we play. It's about how we play. Might sound a little arrogant uh, out of context, but that is the sign of a confident, self-assured team. This is how we can win. This is what we're going to do. And if we do it well, it's what they do isn't going to matter. It's funny how different the Tomlin translator 
interprets all of those answers. We'll have it later uh, this morning for you. But looking, looking forward to that. Yeah, honestly, uh, there there was not a lot to talk about this weekend other than how do you not make the same mistakes again? These guys, it's not that it's a one-trick pony, but it damn near is, and it's a good trick. If you say the defense. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's every level of defense. It's not like they just have a good pass rush. It's not no. Like, it's not like they just have press corners. I rewatched their Buffalo game again yesterday, and there's times they put eight, nine guys in the box. Like when Buffalo would line up with multiple tight ends or do the extra lineman is eligible thing, they loaded up against the run. Yeah, and it, they, there's two receivers, and everybody else is in close. They'd line up and say, "Go ahead, try to run it on us." It ain't happening. And they were getting after Tyrod all day. They were. They only had two sacks, but uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of collapsing pockets. Really, about hits. But the only time he got a chance to throw unencumbered was when they did the play action bootleg stuff and, and moved the pocket, got him outside. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's capable of that. I'm not sure that's his strength. So again, might just want to find number 26 and say, "Here you go." You remember the storyline back then? It, it was a little peculiar that we didn't come in wanting to run the ball more. Anyways, didn't they come in here the last time same, being the worst run defense? Same kind of deal. They ended up. They ended up 21st in run defense. And uh, they're first or second in just about every other major defensive category. Pass defense, sacks, turnovers, points allowed. But running is the one thing that they, they – stopping the run, I should say, is the one thing that they don't do nearly as well as they do everything else. So you got to make them do that, right? Run it more than 15 times. Got to make them do that. Uh, Mike Tomlin uh, encouraged about what he's seen from Antonio Brown so far. He said that uh, the big thing the rest of this week will be to make sure there aren't any setbacks uh, and everything is okay with Brown recovering from his uh, calf injury. Uh, the Steelers players apparently uh, are already past that. Uh, let's revisit one more time what Ben Roethlisberger told me on Monday regarding uh, Antonio Brown's performance in practice on Monday. I thought he looked great, and I expect him to be great. Some other Steelers news uh, yesterday. Did you guys uh, see or hear about the Sports Illustrated story? Oh, Greg Bishop, uh, guy from Sports Illustrated, was in town a couple of times recently. Uh, started out doing a story about the Steelers' defense and then uh, ended up being about Ryan Shazier and how they're trying to overcome uh, his loss and the emotional toll that that has taken on the Steelers. But uh, the money shot, if you will, uh, way down at the bottom of what is a lengthy story Greg Bishop of Sports Illustrated quotes Steelers safety Mike Mitchell as follows. We can play them in hell. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We're going to win. I saw that I saw that quote circulating, and I didn't know where it came from. It's Mike Mitchell. It's in a story about the Steelers dealing with Ryan Shazier's injury, but it's talking about the Patriots. As the Steelers have been thinking about the Patriots since the AFC Championship game last year. And justifiably so. We've been talking about this since the AFC Championship game last year. It bears repeating. We can play them in hell. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We're going to win. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. I like it. I like it's it what a Steelers lot. fans want to hear. It's better than hearing them say, gee, I don't know if we can pull that off. Yeah, well, shucks. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about hope, this one, hope guys. Hope Tennessee beats them. Hope Kansas City beats them. Though the last person from uh, the secondary to guarantee a win had a little rougher go in Boston than I want to see this time. Oof. Yeah, that would that does 
qualifies a guarantee, doesn't it? Anthony oh, it Smith. Is. We're going to win. It's pretty self-ex- I would like to see them play in Haiti. It'd be a hell of a matchup. <laughs> and there a tsunami coming down there? Yeah, that might be a good good shot. Right, right now I believe there is. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of run the ball, there's probably something at TB12 that combats tsunamis. <laughs> well, you drink all that water. <laughs> it's, Don't you it's have to raw drink water. like 40 gallons yeah. of raw water? It is raw water too. More fun with social media. Uh, Greg Norman of Fox Sports Radio received the following tweet from former Steelers running back D'Angelo Williams yesterday. Quote. Todd Haley doesn't run the damn ball like he should have the first time. They should fire his ass. D'Angelo chiming in. Yeah. As he liked to do. Nice to hear from him. Not that he's involved in any way, but that's his feeling. What's a lot of Steeler fans feeling as well? Run the damn ball. I like that idea. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. It's not. I Don't overthink this one. No. Run sets up the pass. Defensively, don't take chances and play to their strength. Right, and I don't think that Fournette is as strong as he was early on. I think the fatigue of his rookie year is probably catching up with them. Now they do have more guys that that can run the ball, and Bortles established himself as one of those. I mean, they they ran for a lot of yards, mm-hmm. but but that was broken coverage, and then you know if you don't contain that guy gets. gets out of the pocket, he's gone, and he's basically takes off as soon as the. It's, you know, he's not looking around for the the second, third, and fourth guy a lot of times. Yeah, I think it, he kind of changed his approach late in the first half after Buffalo got the field goal and they fell behind. Now, they had little time remaining, so they were going to be throwing there. But that's when he started doing the draw. Oh, nothing? Nothing, okay. see ya. Okay. See ya. And they, then they started mixing in some read option, and he kept it a couple times. It wasn't all scrambles. Some of it was designed runs. He does run the ball well. He's a big guy. And- right. It's got some athleticism. That's what, but didn't it strike you as that like it didn't it, like he doesn't seem especially fast? Like you said, it just seems like out of necessity primarily. I know there are some designed plays, but I don't know. I feel like the defense is just like ah, let Bortles run. He's not mm-hmm. going to hit home runs with it, but he's fast enough Get to run seven yards to run away time, from yeah. pressure when he when he sees it coming. And that's really all you got to be if you're a quarterback. Get away from those defensive linemen that are chasing you. Uh, particularly if you're going against a team playing man, then and by the time they realize that you're running and they turn around and leave their guy and come up, you've got 7, 10, 12, 15 yards. Uh, college Hoops last night, number two, West Virginia. Beat Baylor 57-54. to The Mountaineers are 15-1 and and uh, 4-0 in the Big 12. Duquesne loses at VCU. The Dukes are 12-5 and overall, 3-1 and in the A-10. And Penn State falls at Indiana, 74-70. Uh, Nittany Lions are twelve and six overall, two and three in the Big Ten. College hockey: Robert Morris wins at Niagara, three to one last night. Val's got news top of the hour. We're going to talk about uh, more sexual assault allegations, including allegations against a comic book legend. That's coming up. And uh, Jeff Conkle here, Mister Wednesday. More with uh, Jeff. Your chance to win that Steelers prize pack for this weekend's game, which includes a hotel, dinner, $100 gift card, and tickets to the Steelers-Jags game. Go to dve.com, take the Steelers quiz, and see if you can't win those tickets for Sunday's matchup and the whole kit and caboodle that goes with It's the DVE Morning Show! Uh, shout out to Charlie Daniels for keeping it real. Uh, Charlie Daniels not having any of the Taco Bell commercial that uh, has fun with the Illuminati. Uh, Charlie Daniels tweeting yesterday, Hey, Taco Bell, 
The Illuminati is not a frivolous subject. (laughs) (laughs) Do not get Charlie Daniels going on the Illuminati. The devil went down to the Bilderberg group. Yeah, pretty soon KFC is going to have a commercial featuring the Freemasons, and then it's just going to be over. <laughs> Jeff Conkle with us, Mr. Wednesday. Um, Don't start talking about the Knights Templar. <laughs> the uh, uh, NFL fan of today is pretty extreme, living up to the name fanatic. I think we can agree there there are varying degrees of fans, but the ones on the extreme have really and i think this is probably all sports i mean there are certainly some hockey fans who were who are really nuts as well uh ticketmaster conducted a survey on fan behavior at sporting events now oh my god <clears throat> keep in mind playoffs this sunday steelers jags you're going to see usually that people are there's so much at stake that there's some irrationality uh, but there's very rarely like just the people who are just getting drunk and half paying attention. Like at least everybody's way into the game. Mid season, you can get some really you know lunatics who are just screaming and going nuts. Pretty happy that um, this is a one o'clock game too. That factors in for sure. Cool. Well, I'm gonna the less time they have to tailgate, the better. I'm contradicting myself. I no, I I'm gonna take back what I just said because I do remember being at that Ravens playoff game a couple of years ago, and it oh, yeah. was what me the, and Jeff were there. The most uh, like. The worst behaved fans I've ever seen. Mel Gibson could have pulled up in a Mack truck spewing fire from its exhaust, and I would have thought, yeah, this looks about right in this scenario. That, <laughs> yep. that, that was an awful display of just everybody. was, And then the Steelers went down by 21 points. Jeff and I saw some kid in the parking lot who had the Ray Lewis face paint on. He was wearing a shirt that says, Ravens suck. And whatever Ray Lewis does, I can't even mention on the radio. And he's running through the parking lot just screaming at people. And I'm like, oh, my God, we got to follow this train wreck. So we start following him through the parking lot. He ends up at my brother-in-law's tailgate. Yep. And I didn't even <laughs> recognize him. He's my butta, He's my brother-in-law's like best friend. Oh, my God. And then he proceeds to just beat the hell out of two different Baltimore fans. Now, in his defense... Which of of which there is very little. These Baltimore Ravens fans were walking through the gold parking lot yeah. in the middle, like right before the game, with a case of half open Bud Lights just walking about. So then people were, you know, stealing their Bud Lights right. from their open cases, and that led to fisticuffs. He took a beer out of the back of their case. They discovered that he took it, and then he just chugged it right in front of them finished it, and just threw it off their face and then just started punching these dudes. I don't understand that. And everyone that we were with were like, whoa, you can't do that, dude. Come on. And that was in the parking lot. That was before Before the the game. game. Yeah. It was weird because when I was watching the, the, like, I would watch some YouTube videos, fan reactions to Alabama beating Georgia in in the college football championship. And because I don't have a dog in that fight, the behavior seems so, like, odd and off-putting. Mm-hmm. Like, there's people like Georgia fans p- ripping doors off of their house and oh, like throwing yeah. stuff through windows, yeah. knocking their TVs over. And I'm like, what kind of Pied Piper spell does the NFL and just football in general have over us that we have literally no stake in this? 
outside of maybe you gave them a check to get a you know bachelor's of communications at that organization a while ago. You ha- you you don't they're not on the team. You you yeah. have accomplished nothing. Why are you so happy? Why are you so sad? It's weird, but I'm SEC, I'm fully bought in. SEC football has that though, because all of those teams, like very few of those states, have professional teams. Like Georgia, even though there's yeah, Atlanta, rural Georgia yeah. is much like the state of West Virginia is behind WVU. Right. You know, like th- that's their team. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's, there's no degrees of separation. Right. Uh, and so there's Auburn, Alabama for that yeah. entire state. Uh, so I think the SEC really gets some crazy fans who have uh, an inordinate amount of emotional investment yeah. in teams. The, you know, unlike Steeler fans who remain very rational at all times. <laughs> uh, one thing, this Ticketmaster survey actually didn't talk about, uh, you know, like violence at the games. It was more about how you think your behavior as a fan influences your team. More than 90% of NFL fans say the crowd in the stadium can sometimes or always influence the outcome of the game. Uh, that, uh, unquestionably, I think that's true. I mean, we've seen it at, at Heinz Field. Come on, Renegade has, you know, a, a couple of, of occasions been insanely overpowering. Cueto. Oh, dude, Quato. I mean, Quato. that's the that's the one scientific example you can have of like it seemed like we actually caused something, something there. To, well, for him to drop the ball and then the next pitch he threw was a home run out of the park. I've never been at a stadium for something like that. More than fifty percent of fans say cheers and chanting influence the outcome of the game. Nearly forty percent say a combination of cheers, face paint, costumes, and dancing are most likely to influence the outcome of the game. Get your dance on. Steeler fans. A face paint. Now. Yeah, it's part of the human condition. We like to control things. We th- we like to think that our cheers can penetrate the TV or the, <laughs> you know, the air and find its way onto the field and impact the game. And you might hear that stat and say, cheers and dancing. Really? Oh, these are the chick fans, right? Wrong. Four times more men than women say dancing and, <laughs> and costumes can influence the outcome of a game. Dancing in costumes. You know what's funny is that I would like to take an opinion survey on what everyone's opinion is of drag queens and then compare it to fan because the behaviors are basically the exact same, and I bet the opinions are starkly different. It's like you're an, you're, you're an alter ego. Yeah. Uh, 40% of NFL fans say they are superstitious. I mean, I get That's more... All? I get more superstitious about the Penguins than I do the Steelers for some reason. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm both. And I, maybe it's because I watch more Penguin games at home. I don't know. Like, sit in the same place. Well, there are more yeah. games. Yeah, there's more games. Yeah. The last time we played the Jaguars, I had my TJ Watt jersey on. I'm wearing my AB jersey on Sunday. Good. All right. That's smart. Wearing a lucky piece of clothing, 20%. Tailgating, they say, is uh, also important. Fans. 20% of fans believe tailgating is important to the team to help their team win. What about they increase the energy in the stadium? They say one in ten people say the uh, people's outfits are more likely to increase energy than <laughs> than the tailgating. A lot of the dancing in the costumes here. People hey, are very listen, convinced. All I know is that when I've worn my tiger stripe black and gold Zubaz that I got <laughs> from Gabriel Brothers, we're like twelve and one in playoff games. So <laughs> better dig those yeah, things out. They're, they're coming out of the little chest. 10% of millennials would be willing to give up their job to see their team play in the Super Bowl. 13% would give up their hand. What? Oof. 
That's ridiculous. Which hand? I don't know. If you don't have a job, <laughs> you're going to need that hand. <laughs> also, people who are willing to give up their hand are most probably from like... Um, Tehran? Yeah, well, crap. <laughs> 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 I mean, you'd have to think they're from like a town like Cleveland or something. Right. You know, it's not like Patriot fans yeah. are going to do that. It's a spoils of riches here. Yeah, we're, we're very spoiled here. 34% of fans say they are very likely to see their team play even if they have a losing record late in the season. And women are more likely than men by a 5% margin. So they say this might indicate women are more loyal. I don't know about that, but they definitely lock in faster. Like, my mom cannot even know that there's a Steelers game on, and she'll come in in, like, the fourth quarter and be like, ooh, 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 get him!" Yeah. <laughs> totally bought in. Yeah. I, my mom does not care about football, and thank God. Oh. Her <laughs> blood pressure just, she wouldn't be able to take it. You would have been going very through a lot of TVs that at that house. She's not so tied to what happens in the Steeler game. Well, hopefully this Sunday your <laughs> blood pressure will be stable and the Steelers will keep things in check as they take on the Jags. Your chance to win tickets to the game, a hotel, dinner the night before, and a $100 gift card for the Pro Shop, the Steelers Pro Shop, along with tickets to the game. That is at dv.com right now. I take the Steelers season quiz. If you took the quiz yesterday, it was you were giving right answers and it said it was wrong. We, we don't worry. It, it worked. was hand graded. Yes, it was hand graded. Nobody cut off their hand <laughs> in our web department. They were there grading by hand. But if you haven't done so yet, go to dv.com. Your chance to win a whole Steelers playoff prize pack right now. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. What do you got coming up? Anything? I'm um, going to be down at the casino here in uh, February. T Robes getting some oh, stuff nice. set up down there. So that's that's a nice I've thing done to that see. room. Yeah, I like that room. It's fun. I like that room. Down at the I, wheelhouse, yeah, right? Or somewhere mm-hmm. right around there. Yeah, I think it's a good room. Uh, okay, well, we'll be sure to remind people, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, and coming up later this morning, we've got Merrill Hodges, 745. The Tomlin translator will uh, parse through the actual meaning of what he had to say at his press conference yesterday. Big Cat from Pardon My Take podcast and Barstool Sports, that's 845. He's got Bettis coming up on his show. And Double M, Mark Madden closes things out today. Val is up next on DVE. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there have been no new cases in a month. Nearly 60 people have contracted E. coli from that outbreak. The CDC cautions the outbreak may not be over. They're still trying to track down the source of the contamination. Why does this never happen with carrots? <laughs> it's always tomatoes and dirty, dirty lettuce. Onions. Yeah. Green onions. That's what did Chi-Chi's. Uh, Man, I still can't believe that that did them in. There had, I don't know, Chipotle weathered the storm of a couple of things. Chi-Chi's. Couple dead people yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Chipotle killed anybody. Well, it's chi- like, all right, if I have to get diarrhea every once in a while for Chipotle, that's just the price of doing business. They're having a tough time right now. Their marketing has, like, literally, their product has become synonymous with bowel issues. Yeah, they're they're really struggling. Which w- I thought they would bounce do you get, back. From do you that. ever go there and get the burrito bowel? It's uh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> I didn't know it was pronounced like that. <laughs> yeah. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning What's Show. What's going on, Valerie? It's Steeler Wednesday. It is, and it is seven <laughs> minutes after seven at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Mostly cloudy in a mild afternoon. There could be a stray shower, but most of the day dry. High temperature, 46. Areas of fog tonight, 42. And then partly sunny Thursday, 
Rain should hold off till evening, high of 58 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 22 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. For the first time in state history, a public health crisis is going to receive a disaster declaration. This afternoon, Governor Wolf will issue the executive order with the hope it will override any barriers to battling the epidemic. It is anticipated the move will also allow family members to receive a dose of naloxone for emergency use at home. 28 so far, not shaping up to be a great year for Steve Bannon. Bannon is out at Breitbart News. So what's next for the former White House chief strategist? Tofungus to the lagoon. That was like a family feud. Who hit the buzzer first? Former Breitbart spokesman Kurt Bardella told MSNBC Uh, Bannon's next move will likely involve (laughs) President Trump. So who knows what that'll be since they've basically said, no, you're not getting back in because of what you said. No, he worshipped him. Fox News said they're not hiring him. Whatever. It's all crazy. I mean, the stuff that these people do in order to curry favor with this lunatic The right-wing conservative news network cut ties with Bannon yesterday following his explosive claims about Trump and the family in that new book, Fire and Fury. Bannon had served as Breitbart's executive chairman since 2012. Well, I thought it was all fake news. I mean, I thought they said nothing in that book is true. Why are they mad at him? The the amount of trash that he talks on not only Trump, but Trump's kids and his son-in-law i mean it's astounding you're doing uh you're doing the book on tape i i I got the audio book just because i want to listen to it like i'm not going to waste my time reading it but i you know i'll listen to it it is i mean i can't even imagine if trump ever heard any of this like i'm sure they're doing their best to just keep all of it from him but just the stuff that other people are saying about him they're like He's a moron, and he doesn't want to win. That's the good thing. We're not going to win. Losing is winning. We'll become the most famous person in the world. Oh my God! Yeah, I just uh, I, I who's doing the who's doing the reading on the book on tape? I don't know. Steve Bannon, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos is the richest person ever. Bloomberg's billionaire tracker on Monday put the Amazon CEO's wealth at $105 billion. Most of that comes from his Amazon stock, which rose more than 50% last year. Microsoft founder Bill Gates is the second richest person. Analysts say Gates would be the richest if he didn't give so much to charity. So I'm glad Bill Gates does that. Yeah, I'm worried about charities going forward now that it's not a tax deduction. But Mm -hmm. um, the Jeff Bezos thing... I'm of mixed, you know, feelings about that. I'm two minds. One because I really do want to support local businesses, and I do. My, I try to do my part to do that. But um, I mean, it is so convenient to be like, oh, I need one thing. I don't need it now. You I don't need the, to run out to the store for that. I'm on my computer. On Amazon. Boom, and yeah, then but it just shows up. If you go up. to the store, you have it instantly. But you don't need it instantly. What if you don't need it instantly? This is what I'm saying. I only go to Amazon if I can't find it usually somewhere else. Well, and Amazon Prime, like a lot of their stuff, you know, they they just bought Whole Foods and they're probably going to have same day service. They're buying Target. It's crazy. This is like start sort of flexing like what we think of as capitalism. Like how cool are we with it in terms of just 
one person consolidating all the wealth. Right. That doesn't seem great for everyone else. I know nothing about that guy. Jeff Bezos? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm with Bill. I don't Zappos, think Amazon, Whole Foods, soon but as our Zappos is there too. I didn't yeah. know that. Washington Post. I love Zappos. One time I, I had, a, I bought a shirt at Zappos, and then they, bought a shirt at Zappos. Did you yeah. buy the same I didn't know shirt? They sold shirts. They got everything, and uh, I bought a shirt, and then I was like, I wore it, and I was like, oh. but like I wore it around the house, and I'm like, this is this is not working. And then I couldn't find the tag. And then I'm like, ah. And then I sent it back anyways. They're like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, you're the best. You wore it and sent it back. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't like wear it out and sweat in it or anything. I was like wearing it, you know. I don't, don't know. lie. It I was an extended it, went out dancing. I wore it to a wedding. I danced at a Steelers game, cheering my team on. <laughs> yeah, he was an early investor in Twitter. Like he's. Yeah, but Twitter, I don't think you're making a lot of money if you're invested in Twitter. No? No. Zappos, I think you're doing. That, that that's work pretty, day, but I don't know what like. What, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't, I don't think I, it. I don't know. I don't know if it matters to Bill's point, no. good guy or not. Like if your ideologies align with him or not, is it good to have one person having that much power? Is it good that we're that beholden to Apple? Uh, you know, like I said before, don't a, have to be. Basically, Apple and Giant Eagle run my life. I have to fix that, and well, Rite Aid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the top of the I list. mean, if you need a belt. <laughs> It didn't take long for Texas police to nail a crook after security cameras captured photos of him robbing a store with his social security number tattooed on his forehead in full view. Robert Charles Wooten was fingered in at least three armed robberies in Houston late last year. Each Why didn't which, they stop doing that and just arrest him? Well, I guess they couldn't track him down, but they showed uh, the digits inked on his shaven head, making him pretty easy to track down. During one, the 40-year-old lifted his shirt to reveal a gun tucked in his waistband, then began demanding cartons of cigarettes. He is also a suspect in several recent armed robberies at a pawn shop, Walgreens, and a family dollar. Not a Rite Aid, though. A Houston police rep said they don't even refer to him by name, and they call him the Social Security guy because he actually has his Social Security number tattooed across his forehead. I wouldn't think that would be good uh, Mm, personal security. no. No, that's pretty identifying. Actor James Franco is the latest Hollywood star to be accused of sexual misconduct. It started with, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. It started with tweets during the Golden Globes, actress Ali Sheedy and others uh, making claims. Franco defended himself last night. He was on The Late Show telling St- uh, Stephen Colbert the accusations are not accurate. Okay, first of all, I, don't, I have no idea what I did to Ali Sheedy. I directed her in a, a play off Broadway. I had nothing but a great time with her. Uh, 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 total respect for her. Franco won the Golden Globe for his role in The Disaster Artist. During the awards, he was bombarded with tweets alleging sexual misconduct and calling him a hypocrite for wearing a Time's Up pin. Sheely Sheedy tweeted, Why is James Franco allowed in? Followed by a hashtag MeToo tweet. She later tweeted, Quote, James Franco just won. Please never ask me why I left the film TV business. Franco denies allegations of sexual misconduct. Uh, He also did that last night during the Colbert show. The things that I heard that were on Twitter um, are not accurate. A former girlfriend has accused Franco of sexual misconduct. Her name is Violet Paley. She said, quote, cute time's up, pin James Franco. Remember the time you pushed my head down in a car towards your exposed bleep and that other time you told my friend to come to your hotel when she was 17? 
End quote. Yesterday, Paley contradicted Franco in a tweet saying, quote, a couple of weeks ago, James offered me an overdue, annoyed, convenient phone apology I don't accept. Um, he see that the underage thing it was a uh, recurring theme with him mm-hmm. because he got a lot of flack for in, on Instagram for courting a 17 year old girl. And then that allegation from his girlfriend is the second one about him going after underage girls. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas felt the need to get ahead of a brewing story. A former employee is going to claim that he pleasured himself in front of her. Douglas told Deadline Hollywood, quote, this is a complete lie, fabrication, no truth to it whatsoever, end quote. He had been contacted by journalists before the holidays who wanted his comments on the allegations. It's not just the sexually inappropriate behavior, but also claims of, quote, unquote, colorful language and blackballing the woman from future Hollywood jobs. Douglas said, quote, I tried to think to reach back 40 uh, 30 plus years to try to remember i'm sorry if i used coarse language with my friends but this is really debilitating it can have a large effect on my career end quote i thought his it was kirk douglas <laughs> no well kirk douglas has his own skeletons in the closet i bet he does he's a skeleton in the closet <laughs> well no yeah he had there was uh um allegations of him with natalie wood um, sexually Kirk abusing, Douglas. yeah, his dad. So people were pissed that he was a part of the broadcast. Then Michael Douglas, uh, he was a part of the Golden Globes. Michael Douglas, did, one of the things uh, maybe you said it and I didn't hear it, but apparently he was accused of like doing what Weinstein did, like pleasuring yes. himself. Okay, uh, that <laughs> that to me is just. Re- I, I what didn't is that? Know and that that's was what Louis C.K. was accused of. Like, what is that? I don't know. The compulsion it's like, to do it's, that. It's like primate stuff I don't know it's uh, that's like n- not having opposable thumb type stuff not, you know psychologists say it has something to do with like hating like like having deep-seated hatred of women and you're punishing women or something I I don't know I don't understand it it just seems ludicrous to me the, in the workplace that like men being at work and that's going through your mind you're like yeah you know what I'm gonna do right now I get that Hollywood is like, you know, a, cre- a little loose and Yeah, I mean the Weinstein stuff goes beyond well, creativity. That's predatory. Yeah, that's mo- he is a monster. Yeah. Uh, but like Michael Douglas, he just he knew something was going to come out. So he just tried to fend it off at the past. Well, he like, got at, he got approached by Hollywood reporter. reporters. Yeah. Yeah, asking, I thought it was so. pretty curious that he wasn't there with his dad and his wife. The night of the Golden Globes, I maybe that's why Catherine Zeta-Jones was there. Yeah, she was I, on she's, stage. She's with Kirk the one Douglas. who brought him out. I can't believe they stayed married. I, I'm shocked Catherine Zeta-Jones stayed married to, to uh, Michael Douglas. How they have kids? How old? I don't. Are they teenagers? Probably by I don't now. No, hasn't he gone to like sex rehab like three times? I think so. Keeps relapsing. Comic book legend Stan Lee is facing accusations. He groped and harassed nurses that care for him at his L.A. home. The Daily Mail reports a nursing company is currently in a legal dispute with the 95-year-old Marvel creator after he allegedly asked for sexual favors. A representative for the nursing company said several nurses have complained. The owner of the nursing company has spoken directly to Lee. How Uh, old is he? 95. So a 95-year-old guy in a nursing home? 
uh, is being sexually inappropriate. Yes, he's asking for sexual favors. <laughs> I bet they are all I mean, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one that has good speech. Mr. Lee categorically denies these false and despicable allegations. Oh. Russell Simmons denying- I mean, that's probably what Kirk Douglas was asking for now that I think about it. I don't know what he said during his speech when Catherine Zeta Jones was like, what are you saying? He's like, Russell Simmons is denying new rape allegations. The music mogul issued a statement yesterday in response to two more women who have filed criminal complaints alleging he raped them in Manhattan in 1983 and 91, respectively. He said the current allegations range from patently untrue to the frivolous and hurtful and the presumption of innocent until proven guilty must be replaced by guilty by accusation. One of the accusers is Sherry Hines, who went public in the L.A. Times last month while the other remains anonymous. That makes more than a dozen women who have accused Simmons of rape, attempted rape, or other forms of sexual misconduct that occurred sometime over the past few decades. Oh, man. man. That that one article was just so harrowing. Mm-hmm. And finally, actress Rose McGowan is taking her campaign against sexual harassment to television. The Charm star, who has accused disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein of rape, will launch a documentary uh, the series will be on E! starting later this month. A 44-year-old actress says she is doing Citizen Rose because she's trying to stop international rapists and child molesters. The series debuts with a two-hour special January 30th, followed by four-hour-long episodes in the spring. Cloudy chance of rain today, mid-40s for the high. It's 22 at DVE. All right. Coming up at 8 o'clock, you have another chance to win $1,000. We're giving away $1,000 every hour. And... Um, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, so listen at the top of the hour, at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, etc. More chances to win. Workforce cash. Uh, and so if that weren't enough, Val, we've got the Steeler season quiz on DVE.com, which enables you to win a playoff prize pack. Now here's what's all in the prize pack. Tickets to the game Sunday. Hotel room downtown, dinner for two, a $100 gift card at the Steelers Pro Shop. Awesome. All you got to do is go to dv.com, take the Steelers season quiz. You can cheat. Yeah, you can cheat. Whatever. Just You can totally cheat. Yeah, just go and do it. It's, you know, it's kind of fun to, you know, go back through the season too and remember some of the stuff like, oh yeah. What was Juju's first touchdown celebration? Who scored the first touchdown? I like that. It's a long time ago. It seems like two years ago. Well, it all comes down to this. Sunday, Steelers, Jags. Mike Pursuta with your sports. When we come back, you'll hear from Coach Mike Tomlin, his press conference yesterday. Number seven, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Looks ahead to make up for that five-interception game earlier in the year against the Jaguars. Stephon Tuitt chiming in. This has been a very... Uh, tumultuous sort of uh, relationship here between the Jags and the Steelers since that game. A lot of trash talk. A lot of locker room material. A lot of chirping going on. Michael, have the latest when we come back. Merrill Hodge, 745. Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Pardon my take podcast. And Double M, Mark Madden coming up. Plus, we got the Tomlin Translator and more. It's the DVE Morning Show. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. We're a couple of days away from Steelers Jags, but it's all we can think about right now because it's amazing, isn't it? Well, playoff time. Here's why it's, it's not Wednesday. Hey, anything could happen. 
You know, there's this feeling that if uh, all the horses uh, were ready to go last year, that was their Super Bowl. That Ben has talked about retirement. That there is a finite amount of time. There is a gotta Le'Veon win. Le'Veon Bell's contract looms large. Gotta win now. Gotta get seven before they get six. All of that. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah. Shay leave. Right. I mean, there are so many different. Mr. Rooney. They're honoring him this year on their helmets. Yeah. And they've got Jacksonville on Sunday at 1 o'clock, 105 to be specific. Uh, Mike Tomlin talking yesterday about Antonio Brown's progress since suffering that calf injury in the December 17th game against New England. Tomlin uh, said last week was a great week for Brown and added that uh, Brown was a full participant in Monday's practice and that the Steelers were excited. That was Tomlin's word, excited, about where Brown is in his rehab. But all of that said, Mike Tomlin is still taking uh, a wait-and-see approach as it relates to A.B. We just got to watch his progress throughout the week, the quality of it, um, make sure there's no steps backwards, make sure it's trending in the right way. Um, we're not treating this any any different than any other player or injury that we deal with. Um, his practice participation and the quality of it will determine his availability or the amount of availability. Um, I just don't have the answers to those questions uh, as I stand here today. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger was at that practice on Monday, as was Mike Tomlin, as was Antonio Brown. And Roethlisberger said after that session that he had seen what he needed to regarding Brown's potential participation. I thought he looked great, and I expect him to be great. <laughs> Keep playing that all week. Please. I don't think they need him to be great, but having him out there would serve a purpose. If 100%. For no, if for no other reason, just to get uh, Jalen Ramsey's attention. But uh, the theme continues to be don't force the ball, at least the theme we're talking about. Yeah, you don't have to throw at him 19 times. Yeah. Well, and you can imagine that Ben would like nothing more than to atone for five interceptions earlier in the year by throwing five touchdowns. To me, that's it's a trap. Like, don't fall for that trap. Mike Thomas said yesterday Roethlisberger would not. He's too experienced. Oh, then it won't happen. The way Tomlin phrased it, been in too many stadiums. He knows it's about winning the game, not uh, any sort of personal vendettas or uh, attempts to make Amends. Uh, Steelers are uh, playing Jacksonville, but they're also uh, one week away from that much-anticipated rematch with New England. That's something that the Steelers, uh, to one degree or another, have been thinking about ever since they lost last season's AFC Championship game to New England. Mike Mitchell, uh, the latest to chime in on that in uh, an article that was posted yesterday on SI.com. Uh, Greg Bishop of Sports Illustrated uh, has uh, a long and detailed piece about the Ryan Shazier injury and the Steelers' response to that and how they've uh, reacted to it and how they've attempted to overcome it. But uh, one of the quotes from Mike Mitchell reads as follows, We can play them in hell. We can play them in Haiti. We can play them in New England. We're going to win. It's almost Churchillian. I like that, Churchillian. We will fight them on the fields. We will fight them on the sea. We will never surrender. I like We're going to have to fight them in New England. Look, you know, as we pointed out earlier, you know, guaranteeing a win in New England hasn't worked out for other members of the secondary for the Steelers in the past. So they're due, Randall. 
Keep doing it till it works. It's got to happen sometime, right? I, you know, I bet I also don't buy into, oh, no, well, you know, don't shoot them. That'll make them mad. You know, who cares? Yeah. They got their own circus they're dealing with up there. I think they'll be pretty motivated with the Super Bowl at stake. I don't know that anything said or done in advance is going to make them more so. Well, I also think they want to. I think Tom Brady would like nothing more than to not deal with Bill Belichick. I do believe that. I don't know if he has a plan for the other side of that issue, but um, I, I believe there was merit to that report. To what degree, I don't know, but I know that winning another Super Bowl for them would make it easier to break up that thing. You know, it's going to end sometime. You think it would make it easier? Well, maybe that's not the way to. I think it'd make I it mean harder. It. Um. Come back and go for three. Never been done. Three, Pete. Uh, well, maybe you got a point. I'm looking for. What do they any got left reason. to do besides something that's never been done? I mean, I think if you're Belichick, are you thinking about trying to win one without Brady so that you can? I don't know. Prove that you can do it without without him. I think one of the reasons they have the success that they have is that they are just focused on winning for winning's sake. There's a championship to be won, so they want to win it, and they're going to want to do that again next year. I don't know that it's uh, personal legacies, maybe to a to a small extent, but I don't think that's the main motivation. I think Belichick wants to win because there's a a trophy to be won, and if he if Tom Brady hangs around for ten more years, I think he'd be happy to win the next ten Super Bowls with Tom Brady. Well, if you read that ESPN article, I mean, that that's kind of... He was ready to turn the page with Garoppolo. That's... Well, I, that's because Brady's not going to be around for the next 10 years, and he's in his 40s, and there has to be a transition at some point, and a prudent organization would plan for it. I believe... In other words, he'd rather not have the year where Brady falls off the end of the table and stinks because he's 44, 45. You know, he'd rather they'd rather kind of to quote Bill Cowher, circumcise that <laughs> and just keep winning. I want to see that. That's right. the year I want to see the Patriots. No, no thanks. I and don't he know. He finally sucks. You could probably get like some sort of herbal circumcision at TB12 if you look hard enough on the menu. I mean, they all suck eventually, right? <laughs> Peyton Manning at the end. Um, shadow, a shell of his former self. I, agreed. Embarrassingly so. Elway, not as and much. He still won a damn Super Bowl. Elway won, won a Super Bowl in his declining years. Yeah, same way, same team. <laughs> Favre almost did it. Maybe it's a Denver thing. Yeah. Well, that's that is next week's concern. It is Jacksonville, Pittsburgh this week, and Stephon Tuitt uh, maintained last night right here on DVE, where he appears each and every Tuesday night. That now is not the time. After waiting as long as the Steelers have waited for this potential rematch, now is not the time. To get caught looking ahead. Yeah, no guarantees. You know, this is a playoff, and you know Tennessee is a perfect example of that. Anything can happen in the playoffs, so you need to be prepared and be on the same page with your team, like I've been preaching all day. Because you know Tennessee Titans to come away with that win, nobody expected that. Never know Tennessee Titans may do it again. Who knows? But uh, you know that's up to them. That's their battle. I battle this weekend at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's the task that you need to be ready for. That's right. Uh, you guys are Steelers fans. If you were given the choice, would you want New England to win and play them up there, or would you want Tennessee to win and play Tennessee here? In other words, obviously the 
the latter scenario is much more uh, of a e- potentially easier one. Do you just want to get to the Super Bowl and win it, or do you want to go through New England? Ideally, you want to go through New England. But, you know, if you don't have to, that's okay, too. I mean, I, I have a hard time saying that I'd want anything more than two home games but, in the playoffs. But I do want to play the Patriots. I, in I in the back of our minds, That's Bill, the best for football. We would always know. Yep. We didn't have to go through New England to I mean, get there. The Again, real Super Bowl The trophy is- will still be as shiny. It'll still be number seven. The real, uh, the real Super Bowl for the Steelers. The real, the psychological Super Bowl is in in Boston. Is the euphoria that would be beating them up there worth the potential pain of losing a fourth AFC Championship game to that team? Merrill Hodge next. DVE dot com. It's the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now, the one and only Merrill Hodge. Good morning, Merrill. What's up, man? You got a whole crowd in there today. I love it. We don't mess around. Louder and louder every time. Steeler mm-hmm. Wednesday, Merrill. Mm-hmm. Steelers Jags. I love it. Everybody's the, fired up. Uh, do you think there's any chance that uh, the Tennessee Titans can put a dent in the Patriots Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Or Saturday night, I oh, should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do two things that you know they give them a, ch- a good chance. First of all, they they run the ball so well they can control the game. So that's one of the most important things in in the NFL. If you can control the game, and usually the best way to do that is, you know, you stop the run, you're on the ball. When you do those combinations as a team, it gives you the best chance to win every Sunday. So they can do that. They they have the ability to do that. Um, uh, Dick LeBeau, uh, you tell people there, you guys know, he's, he's a great designer for pressure, you know, um, and they have ways to get after and hit Tom Brady, which is, if you want to neutralize their offense, that's what you got to do. That's what you have to do to every quarterback. And then it's good at the end of the day. You know, that's easier said than done, but Dick is good at that. You know, he's one of the best at it. Um, and I think there's sometimes there's a, um, you know, them winning to on the road. I, that, when you start, when you do that, I'm telling you, going on the road is not a factor. You know, we've I've done that before. I just, it's not a factor. People make it out. The media make it out like it's a factor. You're on the road again, it's not a factor. You know, it actually, because they've already run off the road already, it's not, now they're ready, they're primed for it. It's almost like you're programmed for it, you're planned for it, you're prepared for it, and it's not as big a deal. So, but yeah, they have a chance. They, they do. Well, that, that's, I mean, even if they slow them down a little bit, I think it'll behoove the Steelers. But Mike has a yeah. follow-up here. Hold on a sec. Yeah, Merrill, if you're if you're one of the current Steelers, do you want to go to New England, or do, would you just assume Tennessee knock them off and play the home game? I just want to. I just want to play. I mean, I just want to move on wherever it may be. Now, at the end of the day, it's, you'd love to stay home. You would, but I, I think this team, based on what happened on that last one, I mean, what happened last year, there would be a it'd be a different attitude going there if it ends up. Having to go to New England, I just think there'd be a there'd be a different mindset, a little bit of anger, a little bit of embarrassment. Um, that couple with that wouldn't bother me going to New England. Just that I'm going next week would be awesome. <laughs> I'm playing, you know. Well, the Steelers uh, playing the Jags this Sunday. What's going to be different this time, uh, as opposed to Ben's five interception game, the Fournette going off in uh, Week Five earlier this season? Yeah. Well, you know what, I, I went back and looked at that game, and I, it was what you always got to consider. You know, you look at things that can be corrected and things that can't. Well, all, 
of his, really, technically all of Ben's interceptions, I mean, only one of them I would have put on him. It was the high ball to Antonio Brown. You know, the very first one, if you remember, James Conner was late picking up the linebacker. So the linebacker hits Ben, and now the ball goes inside versus lead to tight end of the field, who had a who had them in a trail position. So it's probably a big completion versus an interception. Um, I think his third one, tight end falls down. Okay, that's not an interception if he doesn't fall down because the safety is blocking the safety. Um, and then the, the other one he threw up was like a Hail Mary. Um, it wasn't like they schematically fooled him. That's what you look for. You're like, hmm. Boy, this is—they got him here, you know. And you know they were all over him. This offense was out of sync. Weren't running the ball like they are now. Um, so you know, and I was watching the Bills. I mean, um, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I don't know how he, you know, he keeps his job. To be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> there's guys wide open. You know, that's his whole problem. That's always been his problem. Is just he's not been able to make just the kind of throws you need to make on a consistent basis. The guys that are open. You know, there was like three throws in that game. Guys were open. Legitimately open in the National Football League, that would have been either touchdown or down in scoring territory. I mean, scoring territory within like the twenty, and he missed all three of them, four of them. Well, Romo kept so, highlighting the fact that he just was not reading the defense right. Well, I disagree with that. I think he was read the defense right, and he threw it to the right guys. He just missed them. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see stuff where he wasn't. Uh, listen, Tyrod doesn't. I mean, he holds the ball a lot. He's one of those got to see it throwers. Uh, you know, meaning I got to just got to get as soon as he's open, I'll throw it. Well, in the NFL, oh, when you when you play like that, she's. I mean, you're gonna play like Tyrod, to be honest with but you. But doesn't Bortles have a little bit of that too? Sure, sure. Bortles Bortles has gotten better, but he has that. See, then you flip it over to the other side, like you're talking. And they go, I want you. Know, you looked at all the they had 37 runs that they ran, and what, a few of them was Bortles runs. The big run that Fournette had at the end. Okay, that really at the end of the day, the game was over. I mean, the, the stadium was empty. I mean, the, that big run wasn't like, you know, hey, game's all. It wasn't like the Dallas game, let's put it that way, where you had to make the stop, okay, the game was over. But if you go and look at what they were doing at that time, if you remember, they got beat by Chicago. And so they were kind of reeling against defending the run. And so they, this is what teams will do if they're struggling. They do. They start doing a bunch of stunts and twists, fire at, run blitzes, if you will. Man, I bet you Jacksonville, like the Steelers have always had this, we, we call a fire X, where they take the two inside linebackers and cross them. And, I mean, for years the Steelers just destroyed teams with that, that blitz, run or pass. I mean, killed them. I think Jacksonville blocked every one of them. I mean, now when you get blocked on a stunt, man, that's the we always talk about if, if you can block, if you can get the people who want to stunt, twist, and slant, do all those run blitzes, they can really blow up some runs. However, if you get one of them blocked and you get them out of position and somebody doesn't get back to the other side, man, there can be gaping holes in defenses. And if you start gashing them there, then they're in real trouble. And ultimately, that's what happened. You know, they blocked all, all of their stunts. Um, uh, they pushed them around a lot. Well, their you know, defense is a lot different now. You know, they play more straight up base. You know, listen, there was some, you know, I'm watching um, – what you know he was as awesome as he has played you know he's he's still a young guy and he was out of position a few times there's a couple times they were they had the stack both stack backers on the outside they were stacking them for some reason but they they then got to their contain you know even though you're in stack position you got to get the you got to contain the run and they didn't on a bunch of runs that had the were big runs so what i'm getting to is 
all these things are correctable. And they're not playing like that in the sense of having to stunt, twist, you know, run blitz a lot like they were doing at the first year. They play more base and straight up, and they're much better at the run now than they were then. So, like, all of that is different. But Jacksonville's really not. Jacksonville's playing really good football about then, but they're playing they're the same, about the same team that they are now. There's not a lot of, like, wow, there's a lot of difference there, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they had a lot of flaws. That's pretty much the same team. But Pittsburgh looked completely different than they look now. And the mm-hmm. things that they really did bad there are easily correctable. More than likely, the tight end's not going to fall down. You know, the running back's not going to miss a blitz. Um, and you're not going to have to throw the ball up late in the game. So there's four interceptions right there. Could Ben throw a high ball? Sure. You know, could one get tipped? Sure. But – the odds of all those other things happening, I just, I've never seen them just duplicate it and have the same sloppy mess the second time. I don't care if it's Pittsburgh or any other team when it comes down the road from like week five to going into week 18, 19. So, uh, Merrill, uh, quickly, who do you have coming out of the NFC? You know, actually, I think Minnesota will win. I just think, you know, they're just, I know the defense gets highlighted, but I think um, as a team, they they're very well they're they're balanced um, and uh, and I um, I think Atlanta will beat Philly. So you got Minnesota, Atlanta Steelers, Pats for the uh, championship Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be a good yeah. one no matter what. Well, it's uh, yeah, they all they all all been good. I mean, again, they even usually get better as they go into the divisional round. Does it does that ESPN article do anything up in Boston? Does that is that any sort of distraction? Yeah, I don't think so. Not 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 for that team. Not not. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it does does anything up there. You know. Yeah. I don't. I just. I mean. If Darth Vader know. gets negative press, uh, you know, bad stuff keeps it's expected. happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then Darth probably likes it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it to be a factor because when it came out, everybody's talking about, oh, this will really throw me. Ah, well, you know, yeah, I doubt it. Or it'll <laughs> focus them even more, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just, uh, yeah, just, cause, you know, that allowed me to gaze it went on for how long. I mean, you know, shoot. And it went into the next following year where we were spending the one Super Bowl. So I don't know how bad it distracted them, <laughs> you know. No, it probably backfired. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, now we made them angry. Yeah, very, very true. Although, you know, this, this one, you know, but I'll bet you this. I can assure you this. Those, that locker room in Pittsburgh, no matter what happens, I mean, you got to win, number one. You got to beat Jacksonville. And then rather you're going there or they're coming or or Tennessee's coming to you, as long as you're playing, you got to go there. I just don't see it being a problem with this team. This seems to have kind of been morphing into uh, a team that likes challenges will take them on, has risen to them. It will, it will not bother me them going to New England. Merrill Hodge, brought to you by Wright Automotive this morning on DVE. Merrill, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Anytime, man. Talk to you next week. Okay, man. Sure. Right See on. Merrill. Hopefully talking AFC Championship next week. Once again, Merrill Hodge, brought to you by Wright Automotive this morning on DVE. Your chance to win $1,000. Coming up next, plus Val has your news. We'll talk about uh, CSI is not making criminals smarter, so that's good news. The Tomlin translator parsing through what his words at the press conference actually meant yesterday. Big Cat from Barstool Sports, pardon my take podcast. Mark Madden, still to come. 
right here on your home of the black and gold, 102.5 WDVE. 2018, so far not shaping up to be a great year for Steve Bannon. Bannon is out at Breitbart News. So what's next for the former White House chief strategist? Turn to the lagoon. That was like a family feud. Who hit the buzzer first? Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Survey Show. Survey says. Bannon will be both bad. the number one answer. Anytime I, I, I worry about my health, uh, I look at guys like that and I think, well, uh, th- that guy is still alive uh, at the age of 60, whatever, and he looks horrible. He looks like his skin is rotting off. It just makes me marvel at the human body. Like, how much it will endure sometimes. I used to, when I would come home after a night of drinking and take a couple Advil, I would think, oh, look what Nikki Six lived through. Right. I think I'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Falling asleep with a, you know, nodding off with a needle in his arm. Right. I mean, dying, basically. Yeah. Bannon just looks like he watches porn for 24 hours a day and mainlines grain alcohol the whole time. Yeah, he he looks uh he looks like an alcoholic like like a guy that like, you know, drinks sterno residue, you know? He like, looks like Michael J. Fox's dad in Teen Wolf, but then he lost the ability to turn into a werewolf and was crushed by it <laughs> and just went in the bag. He'll be back. That guy he he's too much of a of a leader and a bully and they they love that stuff. So they'll find a place for him eventually. Well, no, he said he was trying to get into politics more, right? That's what he said. It's just hilarious. These guys all they do like Chris Hayes pointed this out, they scream and bitch and moan about this mainstream media, but they want to be accepted so badly. And isn't it really the 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 main reason like obviously the 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 book that came out about Trump a lot of those things were unsavory, and he lost all favor with the president. More uh, importantly, Mercer. The Mercer family pulled their, you know, or threatened to pull their money. They and did. they're really they fund running the whole operation over there. Yeah. For yeah. people who don't know. Right. So, well, maybe Steve Bannon will, get, will change his tune. Maybe he'll, he'll start a different blog. It'll be all recipes, and it'll be like. Hopefully, he changes his tone. Like, and I don't even mean his, you know, I mean literally his tone. I hope he goes tanning or just get some (laughs) sun. Just go outside. I hope he does the alt right goop. (laughs) What do you got, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Mostly cloudy in a mild afternoon. There could be a stray shower, but most of the day dry. High temperature 46. Areas of fog tonight 42. And then partly sunny Thursday. Rain should hold off till evening. High of 58 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 24 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Details are coming out about what the head of the firm behind the Trump-Russia dossier told the Senate Judiciary Committee. Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson told the committee last August that Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy hired to research Donald Trump, 
told the FBI about his findings of possible collusion between Russia and Trump. Seal was apparently worried Russians might be blackmailing Trump. Top Democrat on the Judiciary Committee, Dianne Feinstein, released 300 pages from hours of Simpson's testimony yesterday. So it's the obvious first... there was somebody in the New York office of the FBI that was compromised. Somebody from the Trump campaign was even flipped out about it, came forward, according to all of this testimony. Wasn't which it... makes me think it's Papadopoulos, probably, well, no, right? He, the one story I read said Papadopoulos talked to an Australian oh, diplomat. Guy. Yeah. 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 And he was like, oh, we got Russia's helping us do it. Yeah. And the Australian guy was like, what? 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 <laughs> and the first GOP straw poll for governor, not a great sign for three Western Pennsylvania hopefuls. York County State Senator Scott Wagner grabbed 91 of the possible 140 votes cast by Republican committee members. State House Speaker Mike Terzai of Marshall got 30 votes. Former Pittsburgh area health consultant Paul Mango got 17 and Pittsburgh attorney Laura Ellsworth was fourth with just two votes. Those votes were cast by party committee members from the Northeast, East, and Central parts of the Commonwealth. An Alabama man is in trouble with a law for allegedly sexually abusing a horse. NBC 15 says Daniel Bennett of Mobile County is accused of having his way with the horse named Polly and was caught hiding in a stall afterwards. Investigators say Bennett admitted to what he had done and told Polly's owners... He likes horses. Francine James told NBC15 she and her husband were alerted by their dogs. Uh, That's what led them to Bennett. They say he may have been doing it over the last month or so. Officers also say Bennett had tools with him and was wearing a trench coat. What? Tools? (laughs) A trench coat. Nay means nay. How many times do we have to say it? (laughs) Stable pervert. wrong with people <laughs> like that he had tools what is wrong with case people? the horse is shot i guess i don't know you take off the shoes or something I like that yeah, right. <laughs> maybe he has like a pit crew yeah a resort in finland has developed a game of thrones ice hotel complete with white walkers and a statue of the mountain among other features it has a bar and restaurant all made of snow and ice along with 30 rooms and suites to choose from and there's very little risk of the place melting for a while it's located more than 100 miles north of the arctic circle there are some really smart criminals out there shows though like csi not making them smarter Researchers at Maine's University explain the so-called CSI effect has been around for a while, named after the TV show about how police collect and analyze crime scene clues. And some worried the insight into the process would tip off criminals looking to better cover their tracks. So researchers analyzed crime and detection rates, talked with convicted criminals about the usefulness of such shows, and asked fans of the series, as well as a control group of non-watchers, to clean up a mock murder scene. While the study showed that men working in technical professions did slightly better at concealing crimes, the sample group at large did not contain any great tips or skills from the show, so it didn't make them more likely to be able to cover up their crimes. Yeah, I mean, look, I watched that show House, and for like three months I thought I was a doctor. I could be like, well, it's probably an autoimmune (laughs) disorder of some kind. I don't know anything. I don't know if TV shows have helped anybody do anything like in that regard, like uh, you know, fiction. Anyways. MacGyver would have been the. the no, big my God, show. the amount of times Sunday. I had a piece of gum and a paper clip and thought I could somehow <laughs> create an explosive device. 
<laughs> That's why MacGruber is great. One of the all time <laughs> one of the all time great best. comedies. Guys, guys, guys. In music news, Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry is assembling an all-star band for a show to celebrate the release of his solo album, Switzerland Manifesto. Show's set for January 16th at the Roxy in L.A. and falls three days before the release of the album on the 19th. Artists set to perform with Perry include Cheap Trick frontman Robin Zander, New York Dolls singer David Johansson, legendary singer Terry Reed, Extreme and Van Halen singer Gary Sharon, STP members Dean and Robert DeLeo, Aerosmith keyboardist Buck Johnson, and drummer David Goodstein. Sources say Michelle Williams was paid less than 1% of what Mark Wahlberg made for the reshoots of Ridley Scott's All the Money in the World. Williams is said to have earned less than $1,000 compared to Wahlberg's $2 million for the 10 days of refilming after Kevin Spacey was replaced by Christopher Plummer. Scott originally said all the actors in the project agreed to do it for nothing. Wahlberg reportedly secretly negotiated a rather large fill, uh, figure, which Williams was supposedly not told about. So, I mean, the reason this is a big deal is beyond the disparity of salary. You know, you could argue, you know, Mark Wahlberg is a box office draw to a much greater degree than, than Michelle Williams. She's a million times better of an actress. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that's an argument you could have made. But in this instance, because of the, the circumstances and the reason that they were doing it and the reason they all wanted to do it for free, basically, it's yet another bad look on Marky Mark, who's a guy, don't forget, who said that if he was on the planes in 9-11, none of it would have gone down that he would have brought down the hijackers, which is so unbelievably disrespectful. Oh, my God. You know, he's and just nuts. such a jerk all the time. The so it doesn't surprise Not me my watch. that the guy who came up with Entourage and thinks he could have stopped 9-11 single-handedly took Secret advantage life. of the situation of Kevin Spacey uh, to, uh, to yeah. enrich himself a little bit more. Finally, Jackass star Bam Margera is heading to rehab, but not before he takes care of some business. His mom, April, told TMZ the plan is for him to head to a California rehab facility on Friday after he fulfills a commitment that he made to shoot a television show Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the Jackass star was arrested for DUI on Sunday morning. By the way, uh, Mark Wahlberg, I will say I there's one movie I wish he was in. I wish he was in the new Paddington movie, and he thought it was Ted, and he was very confused, and it was just... <laughs> <laughs> Try, didn't understand his accents. And... <laughs> Cloudy, there is a slight chance of rain today. Temperatures in the mid-40s. It's 24 at DVE. All right, you can win a uh, Steelers playoff prize pack at DVE.com right now. What that is is tickets to the game. Steelers, Boom. Jaguars. $100 Steeler Pro Shop gift card. Boom. One night hotel stay. Boom. And dinner for two. Boom. I mean, that is a pretty awesome prize. Go to DVE.com. One of our best ever, I think. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's up there. Pretty, pretty good. DBE.com is where you go. Take the Steelers season uh, quiz, and you will be registered to win that awesome Steelers season quiz prize playoff pack thing. Big Cat from Barstool Sports, pardon my take, at 845. They got Jerome Bettis on the uh, new episode of Pardon My Take. Also, Mark (laughs) Madden will be uh, joining us a little bit later on this morning. Each week when Mike Tomlin gives his press conference, we like to run it through the Tomlin translator, which is an app developed yes, we do. Uh, over there at CMU, that parses through the words 
uh, that that Mike Tomlin says and gives you the real meaning. What is the subtext the su- of what he's saying? Exactly. Pretty cool technology that we're able to uh, employ here. So yesterday, in his weekly press conference, Coach Tomlin was asked uh, about the first time the Steelers play the Jaguars and, uh, uh, you know, how much he's using that as a, uh, a basis for preparing for this game. You referenced the first game. Uh, it was in early October. <clears throat> how much do you look at that game from a coaching standpoint because both teams have changed so much? You know, you, you don't look at it a lot. You know, there's a lot a lot of trending in ball. Uh, you know, okay, so he doesn't look at it a lot uh, through the translator. If I want to watch Todd Haley screw something up, I'll go over and watch him try to ride the bull again at Tequila Cowboy. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Benz asked uh, a question about that first matchup between uh, the Steelers and the Jaguars as well as uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, was, was Coach Tomlin surprised? You guys played them for the first time in week five. What, if anything, was surprised about with the field? I don't know that I was surprised by anything. I think that they, they have as clearly a defined mode of operation as anyone in this field in terms of how they play. Okay, and through the translator. I was surprised that we got beat by a quarterback who couldn't start for Aliquippa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you have. Uh, Stan asked a question about Ben Roethlisberger and whether he was going to try to, you know, there was a danger in him pushing too much, trying to atone for that five-interception game earlier in the year. Given Ben's performance in the first game, we all know the numbers, does he and the coaching staff have to guard against him wanting to atone for that and maybe forcing things that aren't there? Not, not at all. Um, Ben's played ball a long time, man. He, this is not his first rodeo. His attention will be properly focused on winning, winning the game, not responding to, you know, some regular season October performance. He's just been in too many stadiums for that. Okay, now through the translator. There's no doubt in my mind that Ben is going to audible out of every running play and try to throw nine touchdown passes. (laughs) You just know it. Yeah. The next question (laughs) was about whether or not Antonio Brown uh, is going to play. Kind of hard to hear the question, but he was basically asking whether or not, you know, is A B gonna play? How certain are you? And is this a, a fait accompli? We're not treating this any any different than any other player or injury that we deal with. Um, his practice participation and the quality of it will determine his availability or the amount of availability. Um, I just don't have the answers to those questions uh, as I stand here today. And through the translator. If A.B. can breathe, he's playing in this mother <laughs> game. Uh, there was a question about Marcus Gilbert. Mike, you didn't have Marcus Gilbert's first game. What does he mean and what's he done in progress since he's been back? You know, um, you know, he's done an awesome job of getting back up to speed. Marcus missed a lot of time this year for a variety of reasons. Through the translator. Now that James Harrison isn't here any longer to feed Marcus steroids, he won't get suspended for Sunday's game. Oh, well, that, yeah, I wouldn't have even thought that. Silver yeah. lining yeah, there to you the go. Silverback's departure. Uh, and uh, last but not least, uh, he was asked about the weather. You have to prepare for potential weather issues. Yeah, but that's always the case, um, particularly, you know, um, when you get to this point in the season. Um, we don't spend a lot of time 
debating and talk about, talking about those things. It's just part of life in Pittsburgh, PA. It's part of life that we embrace. And uh, through the translator. There. Would somebody build us a <laughs> dome? Google? Uber? <laughs> Primantis? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> he wants a dome. Understandable. <laughs> the Steelers and the Jags. It's a one o'clock game this coming Sunday. Winner goes to the AFC Championship. Mike Pursuta, when we come back here, getting you set for playoffs in the Berg. Coach Tomlin, Big Al, Stephon Tuit, because he's ready for Fournette this time. Do it to it. No love lost between these two teams. A lot of trash talk built. It's great. We got some muscle memory. We hated them from way back when the Jags were in our division. Big Cat from Barstool Sports, part of my take podcast, coming up at 845 uh, as well. And Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. Another shot at 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up at 9 o'clock. It's your home of the Steelers. 102.5 DV. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. The quote of the week and maybe the quote of the season has been delivered by Steelers safety Mike Mitchell. What were the odds? Mitchell speaking in a Sports Illustrated story that was posted yesterday about the injury to Ryan Shazier and the Steelers dealing with that and uh, the emotional toll that that has taken. Eventually got around to talking about the New England Patriots. Says Mitch, quote, we can play them in hell, we can play them in Haiti, we can play them in New England, we're going to win. He didn't say that yesterday. The story was posted yesterday. He said that a couple of weeks ago. But uh, that lets you know what the Steelers are thinking in terms of where this is all headed. First things first, however, Steelers got to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars before they can worry about shipping up to Boston. You know, everybody was uh, giving Mike Tomlin grief about looking past his opponents toward the Patriots for that December 17th matchup. But is there a real danger of them looking past the Jags here? I, I think there's maybe more of one now than there was then because it was so far off back then. Right. And, it, you know, they're undefeated since he had that Dungeon interview, right? Yeah. Or no, they lost to New England. No, they yeah. lost to New England, yeah. Well, but, but I'm they saying, they, leading up to that, they, they, yeah, they didn't Yeah, didn't, they didn't lose because they were looking ahead. Right. Is the point I was clumsily trying to make. Um, I think they think they're better than Jacksonville and – they got to make sure they finish the job is is the point. And it's, you don't get a do-over in this one. And it, it, it's so close, the temptation might be greater now to look past someone if they were going to do that. Let's put it that way. I think the embarrassment of what happened here in this stadium the last time is enough to focus them for a week. I think that's valid. Because that was, that was maybe the worst regular season beatdown I've seen at Heinz Field. And the embracement of just playing in the postseason should help. They didn't play last week. They should be bouncing off the walls, and the crowd should be pulsing. crowd's going to go nuts. So um, I don't think that's going to be a problem this week, but you got to make sure you don't do it. Uh, you also got to make sure, if you're the Steelers, that you deal with Jacksonville's defensive front. Mike Tomlin singing the praises of that unit yesterday. You know, it's about rushing coverage for them. Uh, they got top flight people up front. Um, you know the names, Calais Campbell, Yannick, um, Dante, um, Malik Jackson. I think those four guys have 43 of their 53 or so sacks in the regular season. Um, man, they get it done. 
they build their rush off of those four men and those four guys deliver. Calais has been the bell cow. Um, he plays outside in base. He plays inside in sub. Uh, everybody's got to be ready to block this man. Um, they do a great job on the, with their edge people, 91 and 56, uh, flopping them. Um, both tackles and so forth got to be prepared to, to, to block those guys. Uh, they do a great job with their front in terms of the rush lanes, their rush lane integrity, uh, the way they uh, squeeze and constrict the pocket uh, is awesome. Yeah, that's what Mike Tomlin usually sounds like when he's talking about the team they're about to play. But in this instance, it rings true. This isn't just uh, Tomlin blowing smoke. These guys are really good up front. Alejandro Villanueva maintains that the Jacksonville's defensive front will arrive as good as advertised. Bob. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're an unbelievable group of guys. I think um, uh, Yannick, number 91, is probably one of the most underrated pass rushers in the NFL. You talk about a snub in, in every category that you can possibly think of. Um it's it's really interesting to watch you know him because he's he's one of the few players in the NFL that is developing a um, a move that is that is becoming his own. He's got this this hop you know sort of chop rib move very familiar to you know very similar to Paul Kruger if you remember him from uh, from Baltimore and from uh, the Browns. Obviously, Calais Campbell is, is is having, in my opinion, the best you know the best season as a defensive player, and he's a great guy too. So it's it's very tough to find anything you know to hate about the guy. And um, and, I, and and Fowler and Malik Jackson are you know Pro Bowl caliber you know players that are playing great defense. So that's just a, that's just the base guy. I mean, to have you know Marcel Darius rotate in, it's it's, it's crazy you know to to, um, to see because of the depth and, and, and the performance that they have. Um, so you know I don't think you can find a more complete and talented front seven in the NFL. The corners are obviously playing great football. So you know this is a very very good defense, very tough challenge for us. I like how both Mike Tomlin and Al Villanueva refer to number 91 as Yannick. That, of course, is Yannick Ngakwe. Last name spelled N-G-A-K-O-U-E. Easier to say Yannick. Yeah, 91. the first name. He's really good. And uh, Clay Campbell, you heard Al say there hasn't been a defensive player that's had a better year. If Clay's Campbell wins defensive player of the year, I wouldn't have an issue with that whatsoever. He is that good. Uh, he made a play in that Buffalo game when the Bills, the one time they got inside the five, and they they did a planned quarterback run with Tyrod Taylor out of shotgun. And Taylor was running away from Campbell's side, and Campbell was being blocked by the tackle, and he just dove and got a hand on the ankle and brought Taylor down. And that preceded the throw to the corner and the offensive interference and Buffalo backing up and all that crap. But... Uh, he, he plays both sides. He, he plays inside, as Cam Hayward does in the sub-package stuff, and rushes up the middle. Uh, really good defense. Uh, Steelers think they have one of those, too. And uh, Stephon Tua talking last night on his weekly appearance here on DVE on Steelers Huddle with Dale Lawley and Jerry Dulac about how, uh, yeah, Saxonville had 55 sacks, but the Steelers had 56. Well, of course you look at that. Um, you know, this is a football league. Uh, you definitely want to keep up with your with your peers and, you know, keep up to see how they're doing. And uh, for us to finish first, we take pride in that. And I already know what type of game it's going to be. It's going to be a defensive type of game because they definitely upset that they have finished second. So they finished second behind us. They're going to be definitely going on to the field to prove a point. And we're going to be going on that field to prove a point. And so both defenses doing the same thing. It's definitely going to be a defensive type of game, I feel. Yeah, I think he's right about that. Defensive type of game. 
huge game for the O-line. Got to keep seven clean. And that's why you have this O-line, right? To deal with this this kind of challenge. It's a little nerve-wracking. I will admit I'm looking as a fan towards the Patriots a little bit more than I want to be. Well, thank God you're not playing. No, I know. But it's mostly because they looked so beatable last week against the Bills. Yeah, they did. You know, maybe I should uh, adhere more to the old maxim, bad practice, good performance. And if that was their lead up to the Steelers, they're going to not go out there and lay quite the uh, offensive egg that they did against the Bills. Bills are pretty good defensively, but still. Yeah. I mean, Ten points. Blake Bortles isn't Joe Montana, but I've seen him play better than that. And he's been in the league for he's not Hannah Montana. four or five years now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're going to look at that game and say that's who he is, then it's a it's a mismatch. I think he's better than that. And they're I, playing with house money. Pressure's on us. We're the favorites. Well, I see that I don't buy. You don't think? They, I think they went to training camp thinking they were going to win the Super Bowl. And I think after they won 10 of their first 14 games, they thought they were going to win. I, I don't think they're coming here thinking, oh, we nobody expects us to beat the Steelers. It's gravy if we do. I think they're trying to get to the Super Bowl. I think... I think everybody always has the same amount to lose in games. That is your season. Well, season's on the line now. Do or die, Steelers-Jags. Sunday, 1 o'clock, when we come back from the commercial break, Big Cat from uh, Barstool Sports, Pardon My Take podcast, Val's News, top of the hour. What do you got, Val? We'll talk about how how we handle disagreements in relationships. Don't forget to go to dve.com right now and take the Steelers season quiz. If you ace it, you're in the running for Steelers playoff tickets for this Sunday's game against the Jaguars. Also, overnight accommodations, hotel for two, dinner for two, and a $100 gift card at the Steelers Pro Shop. Pretty good. Tremendous. dve.com right now. It's your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Joining us right now, co-host of the the most important and popular podcast in all of sports podcasting. And pertinent. And pertinent. Important, popular, pertinent. From Barstool Sports, pardon my take, it's uh, our friend Big Cat. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, he gets an applause. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Wow. What what an entrance. How we doing, boys? All right, all right, all right. We're all standing, too. you got a standing up. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Very respectful of you guys. Well, we want to be respectful. Uh, You know, here's the thing. Uh, First of all, you have Jerome Bettis on today's episode of Pardon My Take. Uh, And uh, 36, of course, we are big fans here. You ate at his restaurant when you were in town. Did you discuss your culinary experience? Did you talk about the cuisine? We talked about the culinary experience, but more importantly, we discussed the bathroom where you uh, can stand at the urinal and look at other people. <laughs> Does he fess up so, to that being his yeah, idea? I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed they let that happen. Uh, it seems like weird weird things could go down with that, but yeah, it was a good time. Jerome was a great <laughs> guest. I think he he didn't really like when I when I said that he's um, he's more thick than fat. Uh, I think he I think he still doesn't like people to call him fat, but otherwise he was a really fun interview. <laughs> now I saw some pictures that you tweeted out. Why did you have your shirt off? So PFT, my co-host, has four belly, uh, four nipples, and he has four nipples. Jerome, yeah, we are asking Jerome some medical advice, and I have a belly button that is like a cave; it goes on forever. It's the <laughs> deepest belly button ever. So I asked him if it's something I should get checked out, 
And uh, that was right around the time when he was like, okay, this interview's going to wrap up. You should get a tattoo of a team running out of your belly button. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fantastic, yeah. Maybe a little smoke machine in there. I'm sure they could do it. Yeah, just confetti pops out of your belly button when you take your shirt off. All the Bears greats. Ditka. Yeah. Walter Payton. That's in that. There you go. And 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 Matt Nagy, our new coach. Yeah. What do you th- What do you think <laughs> about your new super exciting head coach? Well, I I didn't read his Wikipedia yet, but does he have any uh, Western PA roots? Because that's really the test of whether a football coach is going to be a good coach or not. <laughs> <laughs> He's bald, uh, but he does he have a mustache? I don't think he does. He does not have a mustache, but I think he is from Western PA. I think he's from around there. Slack right? says he's not. I'm not sure where okay. where he's from, but Slack is uh, New Jersey. Up. So oh, he's I think Jersey. Kind of like the, yeah, the Chicago thing is like everyone's got to check off. Does he have a mustache? Is he from anywhere within 100 miles of Dick's hometown? And if neither of those are the case, then he's probably going to be a bust. <laughs> uh, what, did you, uh, what was your take on uh, Nick Saban winning yet another championship, snatching victory from the Jaws of Defeat? He is he is unbelievable. I, I don't know if you guys saw this stat, but he for, since 2000, every single recruit that he's had that has stayed at least three years has won a national title. So think about that. He can actually wow. guarantee a kid a national title when he goes into their living room. And it's like I don't even know what to say anymore. When 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 they, when Alabama gets rolling, I think it's it's fun to watch these teams. I I don't like Alabama, but when you're talking about greatness and you're talking about a team that like when they get rolling in the second half and they just start coming downhill at you and they're violent to the ball, like that's football. And Nick Saban is so good at that and his teams are so good at that that it's, it's, it's like I sit in awe watching when you could feel the momentum shifting and you could feel Georgia running out of gas. Did they, have they released the ratings for that game yet? I'm, I'm curious to see what it was. I think they were pretty high. I think they were pretty high. I mean, I think that it's, it's the first half. If, if Tua doesn't come in that game, it's probably, you know, like that Alabama-LSU game. Right. Uh, like, you know, a decade ago where it finished 9-6. to six. He changed the whole game, and I knew that. I actually I bet the under in the game, and I rarely bet the under, but I bet the under because I've always thought that Jalen Hurts was not a very good quarterback. And I felt betrayed because the minute Tua came in, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> well, here's the thing we like is that dumb stat about because you know how uh, this is really meaningful that if uh, Sabin wins the championship, then Belichick loses. Ooh, okay. Did you not? Like every time Sabin wins, Belichick loses. Every that's time too Belichick much wins, evil Saban in loses. one calendar year. <laughs> so they have to separate. Yeah, it no, out. that's yeah, that's got to be a deal. That's got to be in the contract with with the with the deal they signed with the devil. Where it's like, I can't let you both win in the same year. <laughs> so we're, we're hoping for that AFC championship matchup with uh, terrific Tom and Ben going head-to-head. Did you see that they have Tom versus Time, the Facebook documentary that's coming out? Yes, I did see that. Um, I'm sure it's not going to be a puff piece at all. It's not going to glorify him and uh, be, you know, basically propaganda for whatever he's doing with his TB12 method. But, you know, the, the funny thing with Tom Brady is, I think I think it's dangerous to obviously get involved with these quack scientists, but I also, when I think about it, when I take a step away, and I'm like, if I was Tom Brady and I was in his shoes, I would do the exact same thing. If I was 40 years old and loved football and was the best football, probably the best football player of all time, I would do anything. I'd go to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. to try to play more football. <laughs> so it's like it's one of those situations where I, I, from where I'm sitting, I think it's crazy. 
But if I you know, put me in his body, I don't think I, I, I really can't blame him for trying to do everything he can to keep playing football. What do you think it's like to hang out with Tom Brady? You think he's it's probably pretty boring. It's probably pretty boring. I mean, everyone's got the, everyone's got that friend, right? Who like yeah. maybe they they uh, they get in a relationship and 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 the and the woman maybe changes them a little bit, or they get like deep into some kind of you know uh, new fad or something, and, and they change just a little bit, and you're like, okay, I see that was my friend, but he's not really the same guy. I, I bet that's what it's like for his old friend. Let me ask. Dare you me to take a sip of this, Doctor Pepper. I'll do it. <laughs> right. I'll do it. Right. It's, I mean, it's a cult. What do you do when a friend joins a cult? I don't know. You just kind of laugh and say, hey, hope you're well. Uh, we're talking <laughs> with Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Pardon my take podcast. If somebody dies jumping off a bus onto a table at a Bills Mafia tailgate, are you going to feel partial responsibility? Mm, you guys I have really thought, ramped yeah. up the Bills Mafia violence. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, you know what's funny is it gets lost. It, the Bills Mafia for me, my I, I've been a fan of Bills Mafia for about I think it's about three or four years. It actually will be four years this this upcoming season because the joke was the best game of the Bears season was when the Bills beat Aaron Rodgers in Buffalo, and I like had this fascination with Bills Mafia ever since. I would say I, I own at least a little, maybe like two percentage of the two percent of the blame. But when we went, when we went. Buffalo's a fantastic city, great city, great people. There were a lot of people who were saying, please don't jump off table, don't, don't jump off cars at tables, you can get hurt, you can get hurt. So I feel like the warning's out there. I think maybe you should have like a little bit of wherewithal, like, hey, this could potentially hurt me. They're going to have to have Jim Kelly do a PSA. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> like him and well, Thurman <laughs> Thomas are going to have to be like, look, yeah. it's all yeah. fun and games to be a member of the mafia, but when you get hurt, <laughs> You can't really yeah. root for the Bills with a broken arm. Yeah, you're going to light them on fire first. And that's the only way they can really get through to them. And then have you know everyone come in with fire extinguishers and be like, Jim Kelly says, please don't jump on the table. <laughs> be like Jim. Uh, and he can wear like the forest fire guy. I like Smokey the Bear. Yeah, you know, there, there can be all kinds or of... Or he can have just been put out and look like Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> He's kind of charred around the edges. Yes, I, I agree. Though I think that, I think maybe we should take a step back. I, at some point, it's like, what else can you do? Because it's once you keep kind of uh, upping the ante here, like like I said, I mean the fire is basically you don't jump through a table anymore unless you're on fire. So that's kind of a bad <laughs> spot that we've gotten into. Uh, did you see how yeah, they backed themselves into a corner with the fire yeah, truck? Right, right, right. I don't know where you go. But I don't know where where your next play is when like the baseline of jumping through a table is fire. <laughs> did you see how they had uh, eight different espn broadcasts of the national championship game and each one of them had like a different viewing experience like you could watch with the coaches you could watch with rachel nichols and uh jay adonde i don't know i mean like they had all of the, those different ways to watch the game yeah the the I, I thought the eight was a little much i actually liked the coach room i don't know if you guys watched the coach room at all but i watched, I watched a little for a few minutes yeah, and it was it was interesting. Like they were actually breaking down, you know, film in real time. Some of these guys played these teams. Uh, I think the other ones, like the Homer broadcast and the broadcast where it was just the camera, like super super far away. I think that was a little superfluous. But I, you know, the coaches one, I think that's a keeper. You, I would I would definitely watch um, those type of broadcasts for big games where you can get like real in depth analysis instead of just kind of. The surface level stuff. I who's, wish, the, who's the coach that showed absolutely no emotion at all, no matter what Mike happened? Gundy. Yeah, Gundy. Mike yeah. Gundy, Oklahoma State. I, 
there's also a shot of Mike Gundy taking a sip of his drink, and it looked like there was something in it because he had that, like, <laughs> oof, I poured myself a little too strong of a drink here look after. So I think he might have just been so drunk he didn't realize the over that, like, this, the, the touchdown ended the game. He was waiting for the second overtime. Well, now they got to come back and score. No, it's yeah. over. No. Yeah. I Somebody wish- light me on fire. I'm going to jump on a table. I would like seeing Dana Holgerson watching the game because you know he had big cash on it. Yeah, he was he was in the game. He was watching the semifinal, so he did a good job. He was he and Brett Bielema were doing the semifinal in the coach's room. So uh, oh, they did. He did. was a, yeah. He was a good listen. Dana was good at uh, breaking down stuff. And you made uh, you made nice with Brett Bielema. Yes, I did. I still don't think he's googled uh, like the things I've said. But um, <laughs> so and I it actually was funny because after we interviewed him, I went and looked. He is the first interview uh, we've ever done where the person that we're interviewing has me blocked on Twitter. He's never unblocked <laughs> me, so um, I don't really know that what to make of that. But he is a nice guy. I, you know, like I said, Coach Dana had us. Uh, we, we I met Bielema when we were when he was in Manhattan, and we had like a little piece, little piece uh, talk over a couple beers. And so he's a nice guy. Yeah. See, I'm worried that you're always going to be nice to people that you were previously mean to if they just come on your show. Well, so Bielema still has me blocked, so I can say whatever I want. So okay. I don't think that's a word. <laughs> I can still take pictures of him looking fat because he'll never see it. Good counter. Uh, yeah. Big Cat uh, from uh, Barstool Sports, pardon my take. Before we let you go, let's r- quickly run through the games. In the uh, NFC, Atlanta and Philadelphia, who do you like? I like Atlanta. I've been riding Atlanta for basically the last month. I think that their defense is coming together right at the right time. I don't trust Nick Foles. Minnesota and the Saints. I think Minnesota's going to roll. I, I don't trust Everybody that Saints defense. Well, I don't trust that Saints defense, and here's what happens. There's always one of those games from the first, from, from wild card weekend to divisional round where everyone kind of buys in on the wild card weekend performance and forgets why the teams that have the bye have the bye because they're the best teams in the league. In the, uh, in the AFC, the Pats probably going to just mop up the Titans, right? Yeah, I might, I might take the line. I might take. I mean, plus fourteen seems like a lot for a playoff game, but I, it, it would be like not, if they play this game a hundred times, the Patriots probably win it ninety-nine times. How do you like mm-hmm. uh, the Steelers against the line this weekend? I think you guys are going to win, but I, I, I kind of like, I kind of like the seven and a half with Jags, and I know that the, you can fall in the trap of making too much of the, you know, performance mm-hmm. earlier in the year. But I just think that the Jags have the right makeup to keep this game at least close. I do think the Steelers will win because obviously I trust Ben. Um, but I, I think I think this game will be more like a, it will be a touchdown field goal to a touchdown game. So keep me in the seven and a half. The new- so you don't think this is a walking boot game for Ben? I don't think so. I think the walking boot game is going to be the AFC Championship game. Got to put it all. Got to throw everything in there for, for to beat mm-hmm. to beat the Patriots one last time. <laughs> Whatever it takes from Barstool Sports. Yeah, or one first time. Sorry, you guys don't really do that. So my bad. Yeah, <laughs> from Barstool Sports. Pardon my take. Uh, big Cat. Uh, by the way, uh, today they uh, their newest episode has Jerome Bettis Hall on the show. Did you uh, stop the interview at any point with Jerome to go pee in a sink? No, I no, I did not. But I should have. I mean, the guy clearly has some fascination with urine. If he if he sets up his uh, restaurant bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and and how's your New Year's diet going? Good. I'm down a few pounds. I'm I'm feeling slim. I'm feeling fast. You know, fast. Just gotta life. Just gotta 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 keep it keep at it at one day at a time. It's tough. Yeah, but is, is it hard to navigate problem. through this gauntlet of uh, playoff football? That's what cheat days are for. 
Cheat weekend. But your cheat day, <laughs> I heard you talking weekend. about your cheat day. That's, uh, I mean, that was a lot of cheating. Yeah, no, that's the point. What, uh, what, that's a cheat day. It's not that's unlimited cheat, cheat, though. You're still, there's a cap <laughs> on the cheating. No, 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 no. I set an alarm at 7 a.m. on the cheat day. Get up early. Get Make sure I get my first big meal in, then go back to sleep. <laughs> I have to I have to be better about cheating on my cheat days. That's uh big yeah. big cat. Hey man, continued success. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks, boys. Right on, we'll see you. Big Great cat stuff, man. PFT. Pardon my take. I love those guys. I do. They're so funny. PFT might be the funniest guy on Twitter. Seriously. Nobody is quicker than that guy. And he is his typos. Oh dude. It's so it's funny. it's phenomenal. In the height of sports satire. Speaking of which, uh, Damashek, is he coming back tomorrow on the show? Dave Damashek, good deal. Talk to the NFL's uh, Dave Damashek. We got a thousand bucks in workforce cash available for you when we come back. And Val's got your news. We'll talk about how we all handle disagreements in marriage. Double M, Mark Madden, next hour, right here on your home of the Steelers, DVE. An Alabama man is in trouble with the law for allegedly sexually abusing a horse. Investigators say Bennett admitted to what he had done and told Polly's owners he likes horses. Officers also say Bennett had tools with him and was wearing a trench coat. What? Tools? A <laughs> trench coat. Nay means oh. nay. How many times do we have to say it? <laughs> Stable pervert. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Nobody will think I'm going to have sex with that horse if I wear this trench coat. And bring these tools... That's where Carmen Sandiego went. What are you doing, sir? Hmm? Who, me? Inspector Gadget? I'm just uh, <laughs> here to make sure all the stalls' locks are safe and secure. Stable genius. Never mind me. Remember the guy in uh, South Carolina that had sex with the horse and got busted, and then he went back and had sex with it again? The same horse. Same horse. It's like, man, put that... Horse in the witness protection program or something. <laughs> How many times does that poor horse have to suffer? <sighs> he's a sitting duck, which has to be weird for a horse. He's a sitting, yeah, he's a standing horse, actually. I can't quit you! I mean, he was in love, clearly. It was about that horse. It wasn't just any horse. Right. It wasn't like he was attracted to horses. It was just just that, that, just the one there. Just that horse. Um... Of course. Val, news, stop. Uh, it's 10 after 9 at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Mostly cloudy in a mild afternoon. There could be a stray shower, but most of the day dry. High temperature, 46. Areas of fog tonight, 42. And then partly sunny Thursday. Rain should hold off till evening. High of 58 degrees. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's 26 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. President Trump wants to curb the suicide rate among veterans. At the White House yesterday, Trump signed an executive order expanding mental health care access for service members who are transitioning out of the military. The president said it's important for veter- veterans to get the highest level of care. The government estimates that about 20 veterans commit suicide every day. Trump said his plan includes concrete actions that must be taken to ensure that every veteran who needs mental health and suicide prevention services will get help immediately upon separation from military service. U.S. veterans who have recently left the military are more likely to commit suicide than older vets.
Medical experts are bracing for what they say may be the worst flu season in history. The CDC says this year's flu virus in the U.S. could reach epidemic proportions soon. In Arizona, health officials say flu cases are up more than 758 percent over this time last year. The CDC reports the flu is widespread in 46 states, and to make matters worse, the flu vaccine is not proving to be very effective against this year's main strain because of a virus mutation. Awesome. The bugs are <laughs> mutating. The flu is also costly. CDC estimates the flu costs the United States more than $10 billion a year in direct medical expenses. Lost earnings from the flu cost businesses more than $16 billion annually. I got a flu shot last Saturday. They're like, it's not good for two weeks. It takes two weeks for you to build up the antibodies to it. So I was thinking, well, if I can, you know, stay you make it. under the radar... For two weeks, I should be good. But then you hear, uh, well, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you've got a flu shot. It, you're gonna get it anyways because it's mutated. Yeah, it's the mutated flu. They're learning. I still haven't decided whether I'm gonna get it or not. I don't know. I mean, I figure it's worth a shot. Maybe there's still a strain that didn't mutate that's out there. I don't know how that stuff. Because by works. then it'll be February. Then who cares if you have a four day. Death no, but I'm cloud saying, over like, you. How much longer is the flu season going to last? It goes all the way through February. Yeah, I haven't decided yet. Are there oh, different man. types of flu shots you can get? Like, are there I like the two so. week kind? The the, the, the right? How do you get type, the right now kind? The microwaved. I don't know. I mean, I understand people who have reservations about getting it, and also think that it is. Um, better for your body to be able to fight off those things and building up the antibodies is actually an important thing for your body to do. But, you know, if you're around older people at all. And, and kids. and ki- Yeah, I mean, th- this is a particularly violent, Historic. virulent strain that could be deadly for people who are in compromised health. Um, so that... I don't know. I don't that have, outweighs uh, it for me. I, you know, I wouldn't want to give it to my dad, you know, or uh, like you said, a little kid. And I don't know when it is and isn't. Like, when are you not contagious? Contagious. I have no idea. So if you get the flu and you're like, okay, I feel good, do you still need to wait a day before you go back to work? I, I don't know. Or as soon as you start to feel, I, mean, I don't know. As soon as you start to feel sick. Do you just quarantine yourself? Yeah, because I yeah. don't know how it spreads otherwise. I mean, obviously, there must be like a 24-hour period where it's incubating where you are contagious. Because once that thing hits, it isn't like anybody's going anywhere. Yeah. If social media is any indication, the people <laughs> who are getting it in Pittsburgh are being waylaid. Really? 104 fevers, like Floored. can't move, just body aching everywhere, yeah. just pain. I don't know. Vicodin doesn't even help that, does it? <laughs> No, but it's worth a try. It's worth I'm trying, gonna, right? I don't have like an anti-vaxxer type thing against getting the flu shot. I just, I've only gotten it one time in my entire life. So I'm kind of like. The flu? Ah, no, the flu shot. Did you get the flu that year? I don't think so. Have you got the flu before? Not every year. I, I don't know ha- if I I've ever had the flu. had the flu. Oh, you know. Yeah, you probably. How could you not have gotten the flu ever in your life? I just, I mean, I've been sick, obviously. According to the CDC, 
Uh, most healthy adults may be able to infect other people beginning one day before symptoms develop yeah, and see? up to five to seven days after becoming sick. Five to seven days. We could all be infecting people right now. That's right. And not even know it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're screwed. Walking around here like powder. Not Sneezing sleeping. into people's mouths. <laughs> oh, wow. Just wash your hands, you know, do your best, hope for the best. Cover your face. Yeah, are we all going to wear dust masks yeah. like the uh, the bus to Chinatown? Take the Ed Rendell advice. Cover some, your face. I have some of those medical masks at home. See, that's when Amazon will come in handy because I'll just order a pallet of Pedialyte. Well, you can have your groceries delivered now, too. Yeah. You can, you can have your, your ginger ale and your chicken noodle soup. That's right. How pissed would you be if you were a Grubhub guy and you, like, knock on the door and somebody <laughs> with the flu answers? You're like, oh, thanks a lot. I'm going to warn you, just drop it off on the porch and run. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks thanks for nothing. I hope, Enjoy your soup. Yeah, send him a jerk. note. Jerk. Thailand's prime minister is using a novel approach to avoiding questions at news conferences. He left behind a cardboard cutout to do the job. Yeah. It's great. Trump is stealing Th- that. Thai prime minister. You know he's stealing that. Well, it would be a smarter alternative. Spoke briefly to an audience outside Government House in Bangkok before a life-size replica was brought out on Monday. Before walking off, he said, if you want to ask any questions on politics or conflict, conflict, ask this guy. So instead of being allowed to ask questions about elections, reporters were left taking pictures of the cardboard cutout of the prime minister. Oh, Trump would probably put up one of like, you know, he'd probably take Franco's Joe Paterno one and put it up there. <laughs> yeah, talk to Joe. What? A non-existent airline is looking to hire a top-secret flight attendant. Janet Airlines runs a secretive operation out of a heavily guarded terminal at Las Vegas's McCarran International Airport. Only the people who have a reason to be on one of the flights know where they go, and even then, maybe not. It's rumored the planes ferry workers to destinations like Area 51 and other secret military destinations. The job opening posted on an airline website calls for level-headed and clear-thinking individuals, ideally with an active top-secret clearance already. According to a new government report, Americans are eating more red meat than ever. The number crunchers believe that we'll be chowing down an average of 222 pounds per person in the coming year. While health officials might not be too thrilled about that, economists say it's great. Meat tends to be the most expensive thing we purchase to eat. So when the amount of meat consumed is on the rise, it apparently is an indicator the economy is booming and expected to grow. Relationships can be tricky to navigate. Navigate Every couple fights, how do you handle those fights? Some people... In very immature ways, 4% say a good way to handle an argument with their significant other is to storm out of the room. I like that. 8% say uh, give their significant they say they give their significant other the silent treatment when they're mad. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I go quiet. Yeah, me too. 3.5% say if they thought their partner might be cheating, they would immediately run to family and friends and tell everybody. withhold sex to get their way. 2% say that instead... I've tried that. It doesn't work. (laughs) 2% say that instead of having make-up sex after an argument, they have sex during the argument. That's different. I'm not sure how you do that. I have not tried that. Multitasking. That's like (laughs) anger sex. Yeah. 
That's Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Rage sex. On a positive note, the survey Rage also found... <laughs> He's punching the wall while you're doing it. 50% of people say the best way to spend quality time together is watching Netflix on the couch. There it is. Netflix and chill. That's right. It is a nice a nice moment. We have to agree on the show, though. Yeah, but Because <laughs> ch- then that's another argument. <laughs> Netflix and chill is like... Hook up. Yeah, that... It's not really chilling. It's supposed well, to be when like when you're married, it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> actual Netflix and chill. Yeah, it's not a euphemism when you're when you're a couple. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's actually let's Netflix and chill. I re- and we'll both fall asleep in about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. I really liked uh, End of the Effing World. What the show called End of the Effing World. Is that that's a Netflix show? Yes. Is it a is it on, oh. drama? Is it a scripted series? It's yeah, it's uh, from the UK, and it's like. It's like I was telling you before. It reminds me of kind of like uh, Train Spotting, True Romance. It's got mm. real dark humor. I like that, yeah. And um, the the two kids in it are awesome. So I recommend that. It's we like were, a long movie. It's like eight twenty minute episodes. We were all in for Stranger Things. We were so fun. all in for Breaking Bad. That's about it. Really, like it's everything else has been. One person is way more into it than the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, yeah, I've sat through bad shows. Like, no, we both loved Ozark. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. That's Good. my next one. I'm waiting until I get the flu. That well, might be soon. Ozark is uh, the second season is coming out too. It's right? this year, I think, in the summer. I'll tell you another show that I loved: Crashing on HBO. Oh yeah, that's really good. Pete Holmes. Yeah, ton of yeah, actors that, that are or a ton of comics that uh, that got bit parts. Artie Lang is hilarious in it. Sarah Silverman is awesome in it. Dove Davidoff is great in it. He's really funny, in it. Dove, isn't he? Dove's funny in it. He plays a good. He part. runs that club. Yeah, he's just oh, so he's kind of despicable. And, he's like and such a new, good character. The new season is coming out. I think this week or next week. And Burr is in it. Um, David Tell is in it a bunch. It looks like it's going to be really good. Um, I told you guys Ray Donovan is a good one, but it might be too far in for you to start. How when many I, seasons? I started watching that. I think this might be like the fifth. And it was like the Catholic like priest scandal yeah. type stuff. And I'm like, well, that, all right, that man, goes away. I, I already had that. Yeah, that goes away. I already dealt with that. Tina Turner, Queen, and Neil Diamond are among this year's Recording Academy Lifetime Achievement Award recipients. Announced yesterday, the list of honorees also includes Emmy Lou Harris, legendary session drummer Hal Blaine, Louis Jordan, and The Meters. The honor is presented to performers who have made impactful artistic contributions to the field of recording. An award presentation ceremony and celebration concert will be held this summer. I love that Neil Diamond is a Trump supporter and sings the song America. <laughs> They're coming to them. Um, stop coming to America. You can't come to. It's illegal to come to America. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen is offering tickets to his sold-out shows on Broadway as part of a charity contest. Pay attention, Mike Bursuta. The contest benefits the Bob Woodruff Family Foundation as a run-through online fundraising platform Omaze, and participants can enter with just a $10 donation. The winner will be flown with a friend in New York City to see the show, meet Springsteen, and take home a signed guitar. The Bob Woodruff Foundation helps injured veterans and service members and their families.
And finally, a new live DVD featuring Robert Plant and the Sensational Space Shifters is set to be released February 9th. Filmed in October of 2016 at director-producer David Lynch's Festival of Disruption fundraiser in L.A. The set includes fresh takes on Zeppelin classics like Black Dog, Whole Lot of Love, Going to California, and Plant solo standouts Turn It Up and Little Maggie. Cloudy, it is, there is a chance of rain today. Temperatures, though, in the mid-40s, it's 24 at DVE. Go to dbe.com, take the Steelers season quiz, win our playoff prize pack, which includes Steelers Jags tickets, $100 Steelers Pro Shop gift card, one-night hotel stay, and dinner for two. Take the Steelers season quiz on dbe.com, ace it, and you're in the running. Go do it now, dbe.com. Mike's up next, Mark Madden, double M, shortly thereafter, you're home of the Steelers, 102.5 dbe.com. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And we are days away from the Steelers' next step towards Lombardi number 7. Now we are Sports This Hour brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Steelers knew they'd be hosting a game this Sunday in the second round of the NFL playoffs. They weren't sure of the identity of the opponent until everything concluded last weekend. And lo and behold, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to town. And that makes it something of a... Homecoming for Jaguars tight end Ben Koyak. Is this a kid from Oil City? It is. Fascinating story. Uh, he's 6'5", 255 pounds. Caught one pass in the Jaguars' victory over Buffalo. That was a one-yard one touchdown on fourth and goal from the one. Uh, he was a seventh-round draft pick out of Notre Dame. Let's, let's back it up to the Oil City days. He was a phenomenal athlete. Uh, quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, and linebacker in high school. He's also a state champion javelin thrower. Five-star recruit. Could have gone anywhere he wanted. End up choosing Notre Dame. Good choice. Yeah. But you go to Notre Dame, and there's a lot of five-star recruits. And he didn't really do much until his senior year at Notre Dame. Uh, 19 catches for 161 yards and a touchdown. He'd only caught five passes his first three seasons combined as a tight end. Winds up being drafted in the seventh round and then spent 2015 on the practice squad in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, 19 catches for a buck 61 and one touchdown in 2016. Five catches for 38 yards this season. You know, they're a running team. They go two tight ends. They're running the ball. You're, you're he's blocking. in there to block because he's, he's a tree. He's behind veteran Mercedes Lewis at tight end. That's the guy they throw to if they throw to the tight end, but... Uh, made the catch that counted and got him to the second round. Uh, very uh, interesting story, and uh, you call that a homecoming, right? Oil Definitely. City. Sure. Oil City's close enough. Yeah, I mean, it's like two hours away. Chanel yeah. Hall's no. hometown. Right. No, is, oh, that, yeah. is that why she's been pumping out on Twitter so much? She's, For sure. She's been talking about this kid. and Proud uh, Oil City girl. And Jennifer Ankoviak. Wound up going in the seventh round after his senior year, then spent the year on the practice squad. Now he's just kind of working his way in as a second tight end. But uh, so far, so good for Ben Koyak and the Jags. They're coming to Heinz Field, and uh, they'll be coming with every intention of winning. They did not look good offensively in that uh, 10-3 win over Buffalo until they had to. Jacksonville uh, putting together a drive in the third quarter. Got the ball in a 3-3 tie with 9 minutes and 34 seconds left and marched it 15 plays and 86 yards. A march that concluded with the 4th and 1 touchdown pass to Koyak. 
Quarterback Blake Bortles was three for three for 29 yards on that drive. He also ran three times for 20 yards. Leonard Fournette, eight carries for 35 yards, and Ivory one for two. That was the one time all day Jacksonville looked very good offensively doing what it does. And it was reminiscent of the drive Jacksonville put together that we talked about yesterday, the, the drive that ate up more than half of the fourth quarter and turned a 20-9 lead against the Steelers here in October into a 23-9 advantage. That one didn't end in with a touchdown, but Jacksonville still had a two-score, two-touchdown advantage when it was over. And had 12 be- runs, though, and... 12 runs in a row. minutes off the clock. Used up more than half the quarter. That's what these guys can do. And they're going to kind of drag the game down to that sort of push or be Mm -hmm. pushed level for as long as they can. And if you can get them out of it, then it can get out of hand. But if they keep you within arm's length, they're going to keep pounding, keep pounding, keep playing defense and try to figure out a way to move at one time and, and get the decisive score. Public service announcement. If you see a bunch of people wearing Koyak jerseys, don't give them a hard time. They're not Jagoffs from Jacksonville. They're from Oil City. Yeah, you got to take some pride in that if you're Western PA. Probably their cousin that's playing in the game. You're allowed to cheer for the guy. Yeah, you don't have to root against the Steelers, but you can acknowledge that he's one of us and uh, good for him. You're not allowed to cheer for the guy. The guy, not the team. Yeah, but that's cheering for the team. If this was week five, sure. Well, his family will cheer for the team. I mean, I'll be happy for the guy. Playoff protocol is F him like everybody else. Yes. Not abuse his family, but, you know, like, I, yeah, I don't want him to contribute I, to I a win. I don't want him to have the only touchdown in this game. Right. Would you be happy if the Steelers got five and he got their only touchdown? Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah, I don't care about that. That's okay. fine. That's In different. cleanup time. I'm saying I want like root for the well the Steelers lost but at least he had three touchdowns. <laughs> that will make me feel terrible. Not going there, right? No. We got to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think people understand the emotional weight of this postseason for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. This is heavy. We don't do it here. I don't. I don't know that we yo-yo back in Ben's career. I don't know if there is a Ben's career. That's what. Will they win it? If they can get to the Super Bowl win it, I think he's done. I think he's you done. You think right off into the sunset is more I likely. think for that reason. If they Especially, if they don't win it, the competitor in him wants to do it one more time. No, listen. He beats Brady and then he wins the Super Bowl? Dude, you ain't topping that. Game over. Peace. Curtain call. I don't know. And that's not based on anything other than complete speculation. Yeah. Well, he's put it in play. I mean, he said it's year to year. This could be. This could be it. Could be. Could be. Then again, they win it, and hope it's AB not. goes come back for one more man. And Lev Bell's like, "Hey, they're franchising me for one more, and that's got to be my contract year somewhere else." So I'm what really going to step it up him for one more. What if he's gone? That's no, another, it's another uh, potential scenario. No, they for sure franchise him one more year because they can. And he turned down that long term. A contract, and I think they breathe the sigh of relief there. Totally separate issue, and I could be 100% wrong, and I often am. But <laughs> given a lot of disclaimers the trajectories, <laughs> uh, the trajectory of, deals on back yeah. are dicey propositions. So they basically like, okay, we only have to pay him for two of the five years we were going to. Yeah. Let's franchise him two years. Let's try to win with Ben and AB. We probably don't have Ben for all five of those years. Run the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> So let's start over. Maybe invest in a quarterback. 
And that, you know, that, that talk of Kirk Cousins, I think, is a little premature, though. I think that's uh, at least a year away before they do something like that. Has there been talk of Kirk Cousins? There was speculation. Just fan, fan talk, mostly, right? I saw it in the paper. Post-Gazette had something. Somebody, it was an op-ed, I think, but I think someone wrote a column that, like, hey, could they do this? This is in play, but th- there's no way. It's interesting, you know, the Ben situation, and to a degree the Brady situation is similar. If you have a guy such as that, and you know it's sooner rather than later that he's gone, do you try to manage that and pull the trigger a year early if you have to and be proactive and, and you make the move, or do you wait for them to hang around and tell you when they're done? If you have the chance to get a Kirk Cousins, and not, you know, just using him as an example. Or if you have not- a Jimmy Garoppolo on your roster and your star quarterback is saying, I never want to leave. Yeah. How do you handle it if you're the owner? Well, you saw what they did there. They did everything. They took less for him to get him out of the AFC. Ben has probably petitioned the the Roonies to not trade Landry. Keep him on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Double M, Mark Madden, when we come back here on DVE. For the common plumber. Yeah, the DVE morning show. Mark Madden is brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. What are you laughing at, Val? Nothing. Tell me. Uh, no, I don't think you want me to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? I'm laughing at the same thing. I'm not going to tell you either. Do I have a booger in my nose? No. Nope. It's something no. on her computer. <laughs> is it something on your computer? No. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and believe that. You guys have a lot of computers, a lot of screens in here. A lot going on. Mark so Madden screens. Uh, from 105. Mark Madden from 105.9 The X is here right now. Cute puppies. Good to see you. Good to be seen. That was fun. All right. uh, Moving on. (laughs) I guess our next order of business. Stillers. Look, how can you... All right. The Pens have the off week, so it's even easier. Right. uh, By the way, Chris Letang, uh, he Instagrammed a picture of him dog sledding. I like it. Did one of the dogs steal the puck and go in and score? (laughs) (laughs) Or did he just set the dog up with a really half-assed pass across the ice? He's the quarterback of the number one power play in the NHL. Since Thanksgiving, right? Oh, that's penalty kill since no, num- Thanksgiving. Number, well, yeah, they're doing a, a good job on the PK, too, but number one on the season power play, 26.3% conversion. Trade I know him. you like the... Got to trade him. I know you like me to spit stats. I love when you spit. So here's the thing. The-, the Steelers... Funny, you always <laughs> yell at me for it. Uh, Steelers, Jags. It's a different kind of spit. I asked, Jags. This, asked this of Mike earlier. Coach Tomlin, he got guff. Grief, if you will, from the the national media uh, for looking past his opponents to the Patriots in early December when he talked with uh, Tony Dungy. And then he went out and won every game leading up to that Patriots game. And and, then lost that game. Yeah. But. Good thing he looked ahead. I mean, now it really feels like there's an actual potential of them looking past the Jags. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think that might be true, except they got killed by the Jags hmm. back in week five, 30 to nine, and the quarterback threw five interceptions. So I think that precludes uh, looking past Jacksonville. And when, when, when we discuss it out loud, it actually might be good that they got killed by Jacksonville oh, in week it is. five because it does keep them from, from looking ahead to New England. But, but I do think they beat Jacksonville. I, I just don't think Jacksonville, because of Bortles against Ben, and, 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 and you know, even though their running attack is top of the league, that's never mattered less in the National Football League. They have a great running attack, and they don't have a great O line in terms of pass blocking. So, I just think a lot of little things are going to add up to make sure the Steelers win this game. Although, I think the result's going to be in doubt for 
for at least a half and maybe longer. What about Ben's desire to make up for that five interception game? How do you keep him from pushing too hard and forcing the ball when he shouldn't? Call running plays. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he can a lot of ball out of him. Well, uh, I don't know. I've heard that uh, from a few people that he'll try to to throw like you know uh, two touchdowns on every pass. Yeah, to try to make up for the five picks. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think if he gets off to a good start, that'll kind of reel him in in that regard. But I can't picture Ben at his age, uh, so close to winning a third Super Bowl ring, letting something as as petty as that uh, take him out of a game that's so important to just just get the W and move on. So I can see. I mean, Ben having talked about it, has us talking about it, saying, I want to play the yeah. the, the Jags again. That wasn't me back then. But uh, I, I think on Sunday he'll take a deep breath and do what needs to be done because that's what he always does. Yeah, and he's got to get to the White Whale game, which is New England. And that I, I can't wait. Boy, one week from today, oh. it'll just be our Armageddon. <laughs> it, it will just be hype beyond hype we've ever had for a Steeler game. And I'm not kidding. That game against New England, AFC Championship game, in uh, a week and a half, will have more hype than game a lot of, the of Super year. Bowls have had right. in this time. Definitely. Got, can't can't look past the Jags. I can. Got, got, you can look, can't look yeah, past the Jags. we don't play Jags. for the team. That's right. you got to <laughs> beat this team at home. A lackluster start to this game with the uh, off week and but uh, um, sitting the starters for the final week, uh, that it's lining up for a slow first half for them. Well, if 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 the Jags come out and, like get one of their patented nine minute touchdown drives and take a seven nothing lead, that'll suck the air right out of the building, out of the city, out of the county. Right. I, I mean, and, and, <laughs> out of the Commonwealth. <laughs> that's right. And that's no, it's already been sucked out of Philadelphia when when Wentz got hurt. Uh, and, and that's what the Jags need to do. They need to 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 just you know take the game to their pace which I'm not sure they did that back in week five. I think Ben just gave away the game just for, for the most part. Two pick sixes. Yeah. I mean, they, they get... In retrospect, I mean, I remember you know talking about that game the day after. I had never seen anything like that. No. And there were a lot of tips and a lot of uh, bad breaks, but still five picks thrown by a quarterback of that caliber in a game like that. And, and that was really kind of the birth of the notion that the Jacksonville secondary was among the best in the league, a, a mantle they've – uh, proved they they deserve since then, mm-hmm. but that was uh, in a way their coming out party. Yeah, uh, and I, we like to say around here, coming out party. Coming out. I like how they didn't back down uh, the Jaguars. Kind of like Tom Petty. Well, they didn't back down. <laughs> they and stood their ground. They've uh, been trash talking the whole way, and you know they, these guys are not they're not meekly. They're not shrinking violence. Yeah, they're not taking the mantle. Uh, you know, just quietly like. You know, well, we respect our opponents. They're like trash talking. Like, yeah, careful what you wish for. We're coming for you. And that, you know, I don't know if it's yeah that blatant. Boye guy, which made me say, yeah, Boye, yeah, Boye, and uh, <laughs> Ramsey, Ramsey. Yeah, you know, just be careful what you wish for. Here we come. Yeah, I, but the I don't one... know that it was overt. Well, they're players. Those guys, they can trash say what they talk. want because they, 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 they're great defensive backs. And, and one thing uh, I, I read about with the Jags is. They normally play, uh, um, I don't want to say a soft zone, but they play, you know, cover two, cover three. But they're, they they man up against the Steelers. They are uh, versatile enough to to try to take A.B. out of the game and uh, make Lev Bell be the primary weapon for the Steelers. Although, I think that would be a mistake on their part because I think, I think Bell's extremely dangerous. Then again, if it comes down to Bell versus Fournette and who produces the most 
on the ground, maybe that's the kind of game Jacksonville does want to dictate. To me, the, the Jacksonville is like is Baltimore with Kyle Bowler, like a, a formidable defense. <laughs> but the, I mean, it has to go such a certain way for them to have success. Well, I, I like when I've heard some people say, mostly callers, and they're all imbeciles. They they say, well, this would be such a huge upset. You know, no, it wouldn't be Tebow. We've been Tebow. It, it, it wouldn't be San Diego back. And what year was that trip? Ninety four. Yes, uh, that was double digit. What was the Tebow number? Anybody remember? I, I forget, but but I think I it think was the, there. The so San Diego it number been was like thirteen. Crazy. Oh yeah, right. That, when, that was absurd. When Papunu caught a touchdown that I believe was eventually measured at one hundred ninety seven yards. And he just kept running. By the time he stopped running, he was like in the parking lot in the strip district. And then he did to rip the top off the coconut or the pineapple and drink it. Did spike. he really? Oh, yeah. It was tremendous. I still remember That's it. Racist. I remember the build-up to that game. It. Natron means business. Anyway, Randall, you were about to say something. Um, <laughs> let's go for the best-case scenario because we were kicking this around before you got in here. Steelers win the Super Bowl. or How about Steelers beat the Patriots? Right. All right. Does the Super Bowl at that point become anticlimactic no because it's a super bowl it would seem that way in the immediate and i mean like right after yeah. they beat the patriots aftermath but the super bowl is never anticlimactic does no but it would help them get over it if they lost it well at least we beat those new england a-holes which makes it more likely for ben yeah. to come back winning or losing you see i've hesitated to guess because you know that's you know ben his family how his body feels all those non-football issues but if you look at it from just a football perspective, mm-hmm. I think if Ben wins the Super Bowl, well, I would quit if I were him. I'd retire Me too. Walk- having done that. Definitely. If I <laughs> lost the Super Bowl after having beat New England, I would probably come back. If I lost to New England, then I would let you know the other things I just mentioned, you know, the body, the family gotcha. dictate, because at that point you're banging your head against the same brick wall over and over again, and you wonder if you're ever going to break through. Which that that would have to be the ultimate frustration for him and for this team if they would lose to New England in the AFC final again. How about if he wins it? Does he want to come back and win one more and tie Bradshaw? That's that was what I was going to get at. Do you think one more about Bradshaw. Yes, yes. a little bit. Really? Oh my yeah. God! Yes, yes, I really. Do. Yes, yes, I. Uh, you do. know, you know what? I, I never got that impression. And so many of these quarterbacks that he reveres have gotten those late career Super Bowls. Elway got two at the end. Well, yeah, but wouldn't this be one of those if he won this year? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is his, his thought process might but be theoretically they would be positioned young, younger defense that's still developing. Uh, if you bring Bell back again, his franchise, you'd be in a better position. Antonio next year. Brown, yeah. Antonio Brown, still be at the top oh, of his no, power. No, no question. No, no question. The line would still be in place. It's a team that could win next year. No question. Uh, which begs the, the the query that we talk about on the show all the time. If, say, Ben does retire, who's going to quarterback next year? I mean, I, it's dumb to talk about now. But you bring someone in uh, that, that can Jones. challenge Landry. I think Landry. it's Landry Jones. No, I do too, Eli but you bring Manning. someone in to challenge him. You, really? Yes. See, I think they would draft their long-term successor and go with Landry, and go with Landry Jones for a year or two. Yeah. And I don't even think they bring someone in to necessarily They're not going to draft a long-term successor in the fourth round. Aren't they? Nope. How about the third? Seriously, Russell Wilson's a third-round guy. Well, what they should do, and I mean this exceedingly seriously. Who else is third-round? What they should do is go sign uh, Kirk Cousins. No, because they have to do it now. Well, that's not their way of doing it. Well, they'd have that, Then you're pushing Ben out. You can't do that. No, no, no. no. If Ben retires. Oh, yeah. Well, if Ben be, retires after this season, they should definitely go get Kirk Cousins. I think Cousins will be signed by then, wouldn't he? 
Oh, no. Depends no, when's when free agency re- start? Depends when Ben retires. Yeah, that's right. Good point. But, but like, I think you go get a guy who can win now because yeah. you have a team that could win now. If they win the Super Bowl and he says, that's it on the podium. Yeah. you Then, that, then uh, Colbert is on the podium behind him opening up the cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kirk, is that you? Hey, Kirk. Kirk, like the uh, Kirk, yeah. area code for Potomac, Maryland, please. <laughs> no, Cousins. Cousins. C. <laughs> you know, it's dumb to talk about this stuff this far in advance, but it sure is fun. That's what I mean. I, yeah, yeah I, I well, don't want know, to place any merit to You know, Chris, Chris Hoke said not long ago that he said the Steelers will never do that. That's against the grain of the way they do things, bringing in a guy like Kirk Cousins. This isn't Dan. Right. This is Art the this Second, art. and maybe it's time for something different. They wow. used to never bring guys back either, and now they do. Right. Things change. Things evolve. Right. Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. Catch him this afternoon. Three till six. Three till six. All right. Very uh, exciting. Th- thanks to Mark. Thanks to Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Uh, pardon One of my the take. only guys with talent. Him and uh, PFT are awesome. <laughs> right. They're screwing him for money. I should be his agent. Well, you can tell him that. Uh, he needs to start using his real name. You need to tell him that. Uh, he'll he'll come around to that. He's do, he's real those not Big Cat. Pardon? It's not Big Cat. That's not his real name. <laughs> his given name. It's close. I need to represent him and commenter. So you're uh, saying Top Cat, that wasn't his real name? Da, 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 Would you da, da, represent da. me, Mark? What's that? Would you represent me, Mark? Yes. I'd glad to. I'd I be might. glad to, Val. I might need you. Val needs more money, Randall. Oh, I know. Uh, also, thanks See, to Merrill Hodge. Good start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Winning already. Uh, and thanks to Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, for joining us this morning. Tomorrow on the show, Know Your Enemy with Ryan O'Halloran. He's the uh, Jags beat writer. If I remember correctly, he was pretty good last time we had him on. He's a Jag. Literally. And then uh, Dave Damashek and uh, more stuff. Your chance to win those tickets. The Steelers season quiz playoff prize pack. You get Steelers tickets for this weekend's game against the Jaguars. $100 in Steelers Pro Shop gift card cash. One night hotel stay and dinner for two downtown. Can I interject? We forgot to plug my move to the trip. Yeah, why did you do that? No, what? This I'm, is like James I'm Harrison-esque. Now. Weren't you before? A long time ago. I've worked for everybody. Did you Instagram a picture with you and the editor-in-chief? <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, so wait. Trip Total Media. I put the total in Trip Total Media. I am the total package when it comes to media in Pittsburgh. You're not on TV. That's it was. True. I know, but I that, they didn't like it. Didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, still Sunday night TV. Yeah, but that's not you. You're a guest. Who, who is it then? That's a you're a guest. That's not your show. <laughs> Val, you need to represent me. <laughs> Don't let him talk to me that way. Mark needs more shows. Okay. I'm Windows. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.